Jets, of course, Mike Luby Lubitz, and it's always a pleasure to have this gentleman on the program because he's a good man and a great commentator as well and was a terrific football player at both Penn State and in the pros with the Miami Dolphins. The great O.J. McDuffie joined us here on the show. The uh, Dolphins are, are fast as hell. Yeah. I'm thinking if this guy McDaniel has this innovative uh, kind of Bill Walsh extrapolation that also involves a running game and these offensive weapons obviously fit you know, the puzzle very, very well. It could be very interesting to see a team just uh, outspeed other teams. Uh, just curious if this was ever offered to you in any kind of promotional thing or uh, charitable effort. Because uh, I was a big fan of when, like, a football player would race against a thoroughbred racehorse. Bullet Bob Hayes did it, and I think he might have beat the horse. Uh, Skeets Nehemiah, who, uh, wow, where did he get his hands from? Nehemiah, was that, was that oh, the worst? Oh, man, that I don't know. From Roberto Duran. He got him from Roberto Duran. The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. All right, on a uh, beautiful Friday here in South Florida, kind of a getaway day for me. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, you look a little clump there, Luby, but I, we've seen a, a lot of you in the beginning of the I program. I erased here. our logo, and now I have to find the logo, so it's so nice. fun. All right, well, uh, you saw us staring into space here to begin the program if you tuned in a little bit early. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz with you. I'll figure it out. A degenerate Friday is on tap here today, and it's a great day to be a degenerate. In fact, I'll be degenerating all weekend long in the uh, beautiful city of New Orleans. Uh, actually, I don't know. Is, is New Orleans a beautiful city, Luby? It's kind of a dump yeah. that just has mass appeal. I, I mean, it really does. I, there, there are some historic places there. I mean, uh, you go to the square and it's fantastic and walking around Bourbon Street. Uh, but Bourbon Street is it's kind of grungy, is it not, Mike Luby Lubitz? So would yes, you say grunge? Definitely, definitely. Much more so. I mean, it's not like you're walking into some pristine place. Uh, you know, when you're walking around Venice, there's not even uh, the slightest, not even a cigarette butt on the sidewalks. You got people just coming, picking up after everybody, and it's all waterways and everything like that. Uh, that would be more along the lines of pristine. Uh, New Orleans is really kind of a grungy place for guys. I mean, I don't even know if you need to shower when you're in New Orleans, but uh, you just go there and. Uh, consume food that will uh, put you in uh, some kind of diabetic coma and or uh, if you have, uh, you know, it's dangerous for me with the gout, right? Because uh, the minute you get there, what are you going to do? You're going to dive in on a dozen oysters somewhere, uh, either grilled or uh, have them raw. And uh, next thing you know, you're waking up uh, the next morning going, man, what is this pain? And then you realize, uh-oh, it's a four-letter word, man, G-O-U-T. Yeah. But uh, I, I love it, and it's worth the sacrifice, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. That's happening later on today. A full-blown degenerate weekend on tap here for the DeForest family. My son Jesse's going to go and his lovely wife, Kelly. In fact, they may be uh, they may be on route right now. I think they had like a 7 a.m. or a 6-something flight. Uh, we're not going until tonight, and, and that is highly risky. Everything that you see kind of leads you to the idea that you should take the first flight out to whatever destination you're going to and hope that that flight originates at the airport where you're taking off from, which uh, you can do in uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Although Miami now has uh, that they're blocked up more than the Palmetto Expressway because yeah. they, they still have that uh, airline. Uh, what was that? Red Air. And uh, it was nearly dead air, unfortunately, because uh, of the four planes in this airline's fleet. They uh, 
had one that uh, you know didn't have any landing gear. Which God. <laughs> that's good coming in from the Dominican Republic. Holy Sammy Sosa. He, yeah. he would have started speaking English quickly if uh, that <laughs> his means of transportation uh, to those uh, congressional hearings. Uh, all right. Good to be with you. Uh, Degenerate Friday. And, and it was a perfect thing. Uh, when is it going to happen that the leagues, all of these sports entities, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, National Football League, I don't know, uh, anybody that's operating a a sporting venue there, or a sporting platform, uh, is going to get sued by one of their partners, in this case, either DraftKings or FanDuel or maybe both. Because what happened yesterday with the NBA draft, uh, there, there would be little interest in the NBA draft if, in the case uh, here in South Florida, what, where your team really doesn't give a flying one about the draft. They have the 27th pick, and Luby says they just threw it away. I thought they got Nikola Jokic, and I thought, wow. <laughs> you got, like, uh, the MVP? Unbelievable. And uh, what? With the 27th pick? But uh, this was very much, in your opinion, Mike Luby Lubitz, like the Martin Murasep draft, where I believe the Heat were picking 25th. This had to be sometime in the early 90s, uh, very uh, beginnings of the franchise. Uh, I want to say maybe mid-90s at the latest. And I remember I was covering a Miami Heat draft party, and it wasn't all that exciting. They might have had another pick in the first round. But which is of some significance. But uh, they used the 25th pick to acquire in a trade with the Utah Jazz uh, the rights to Martin Murasep, who there was no video of. I mean, this was weird. I mean, the presentation was a little bit different than it was last night, where a guy gets drafted and they show some highlights, and you're thinking, wow, that guy looks great. Every team is excited. Hubie Brown was on the broadcast there, and there was no pick that just wasn't an absolute chess masterpiece. Can you believe this? I mean, Bobby Fischer, Boris Spassky never came up with moves like this. They're talking about each individual team's front office as they drafted guys, most of which were going to be inconsequential and never amount to uh, too much as NBA players become journeymen and end up uh, playing in Europe. And Brown was uh, just absolutely exuberant about every pick, jubilant. He couldn't believe uh, how smart the uh, people were that drafted the guy, and the kid's upside is uh, tremendous. And I always loved that about the draft, just listening to the hyperbole that was coming out of the mouth of the 90-year-old Hubie Brown, who you respect <laughs> his basketball opinion, so you're thinking, okay, but he obviously hadn't watched a single college game. And uh, I, I don't know, did they just give him like one script to read and uh, he just put the different name in there and go, oh, my God, this is the greatest pick I've ever seen. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it was fantastic. But uh, we're in there without really a dog in a fight, as they say, not to uh, get into the whole Michael Vick thing again. But, uh, yeah. you know, there's really nothing happening with the Heat uh, as far as draft picks go. We know that Pat Riley doesn't care that much about draft picks, although recently he's prospered. And then he did pick up Bam Adebayo. Still somewhat, would you say uh, he's a little bit enigmatic, Bam Adebayo? I mean, uh, a great guy seems to have that heat culture thing working. You can smell the heat culture on this kid. <laughs> right? Going to work his ass off. Going to be a great team player. Going to do anything he can to help the team win. Uh, worships at the feet of Pat Riley. And, uh, you know, anything Spolster asks him to do, he's going to do. Uh, seems like a perfect fit for any team. You, you would want this guy, Bam, out of bio on your team, but there seem to still be you know, the old question mark in the Mysterians when it comes to uh, is he ever going to be that super elite type of player? Now, you don't necessarily expect to get that, uh, you know, in the mid-section of the first round of the draft. Uh, what was he, like a 13th, 14th pick, Bam, out of bio? 
Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you're lucky if you get a guy that, that can be that good at that stage of the NBA draft. There usually is only a handful of guys that you look at and you say, wow, all, all of those guys are going to be excellent. And out of those, uh, maybe 50% make it. But uh, I, I like Adebayo. I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's been this debate about whether he's too passive on, on offense sometimes and uh, more of a facilitator than a guy that looks to score himself and needs to get more aggressive on the offensive end inside. Uh, that's possible. I, I think he can probably overcome whatever it is that's impeding him from uh, satisfying people in that regard. And, and there have been times when you looked at Adebayo and said, come on, Bam. I mean, you, you should dominate this game. Yes. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, up at the top of the key there, passing the ball off as soon as he gets it or holding it for a while, never even looking at the basket. And uh, you, you would like to see him kind of shake that uh, out of his game. Tyler yeah. Hero is another story. I, I think Tyler Hero is excellent. I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, he, had, he had a good, promising first year, slumped a little bit in his second year, and you thought, women weaken legs. <laughs> but the kid's like 20 years old. Uh, you know, he, he had one year of experience. He, he's in a, a really a situation where it's not like he's with the Sacramento Kings where nobody cares. Or maybe uh, to a lesser extent, uh, I don't know, the Orlando Magic. Uh, it seems like the organization cares, but they haven't done any good in a long, long time. And, and nobody wants to stay there. But he, he's in Miami. Perfect place for a guy like Tyler Hero. The crowd loves the kid. Yep. And uh, he really turned everybody on uh, with his play in the first year. Second year, it was eh. And, and then uh, this last year, he wins sixth man of the year. He was great in a regular season, but uh, a little bit of a vanishing act in the playoffs. Did not really distinguish himself uh, as that clutch player that everybody's looking for. It wasn't like you were looking at the second coming of Jerry West in, in that regard. Although, after seeing West and uh, the portrayal of West in winning time, nobody would want to be the Man, second coming of Jerry West. West. <laughs> Jerry West doesn't even want to be Jerry West anymore. He's probably going to change his name like that poor lady that was in the Capitol, uh, you know, January 6th uh, insurrection hearings who uh, said she doesn't even like to mention her name anymore because uh, she is the scourge of Georgia. After old Donnie Boy decided, uh, you know, to get into a snip because he actually lost the election by two million votes, yeah. which is never mentioned, by the way. Have you noticed that? Exactly. All we need is to find 11,374 votes. That's on tape, for God's sake. Th this stuff was wild again yesterday. I know, it's hard I to know. get away from it. It really is, because you're looking at it going, how ridiculous is this? And yet, there'll be a majority of people that in 2024, when Trump rolls out uh, the Trump card again and says, I'm going to run for president, will say, hey, you know what, Donnie, you did a great job. <laughs> Every piece of criminal activity and open defiance of uh, every tenant of the Constitution was violated by you, your family, and all of the people that surrounded you, the sycophants that were too afraid to stand up to you. And thank goodness that there are some honorable people in the United States of America in government. Otherwise, who knows what the hell would have happened there? Exactly. I mean, uh, we would end up being Venezuela at that point. Unbelievable. But uh, anyway, that, that was a whole other sidebar there. Uh, eclipsed, of course, in importance by our takes on the NBA draft. <laughs> all right. So all day long, I, and I mentioned this yesterday on the show that uh, Banchero was like plus 275 to be the number one pick plus yep. 275, which would be yep. okay if he was the favorite, but uh, the favorite was minus 300 Jabari Smith. Everybody was convinced. And I don't know, did the magic put that out there that they already had pretty much come close to a deal with Jabari Smith, that, that it was a, a given Jabari Smith. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, it seemed logical, didn't it? You're saying of the uh, top three guys that were being bannered about, Holmgren, who went number two, and, uh, of course, uh, Banchero ended up going number one to the Orlando Magic. 
And Jabari Smith uh, goes number three to the Houston Rockets, which uh, is that tantamount to being sent to basketball purgatory now? No uh, disrespect to that uh, Fertitta guy who, um, let's face it, in our opinion, remains an asshole and always will be. Couldn't root against the franchise any more than the one. Uh, is it Tillman? Is that his first name? Tillman Fertina? Yes, yes, the, yes, yes, uh, owner yes, yes. Of the Houston yeah, Rockets. Rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Tillman, yes. But what an adversarial interview we had with that guy. That, that was uh, ugly. I mean, thrown for a loop right away as I tried to pay the guy a left-handed compliment, uh, you know, just to get him into the conversation a little bit. And uh, he immediately pulled back, took exception to what I said. And essentially, you know, he didn't even want to talk about his own book anymore. He should have just hung up the phone, right? Wouldn't that have been the appropriate move? Like, hey, listen, DeForest, you're a jerk. And should have got the old hang up on that thing. And I I don't think we're too tough on our interview subjects. We we generally invite people on a show that we would like to talk to. Every now and then you're going to get a controversial figure and you may have to, you know, throw that stuff out there. It's not like you want to soft soap it. It's not like one of these things where uh, we're going to, uh, you know, interview Adolf Hitler, which uh, was always uh, a theory of mine that uh, certain interviewers uh, might have Adolf Hitler on the show and go, hey, Adolf, uh, good to have you on the program. Uh, you got a bad rap with the Jews. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, kind of marginalizing something that, uh, you know, should obviously uh, never even be. I mean, uh, never uh, disparaged in, in any way, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, there are certain people like that, right? Where, um, well, I mean, we used to talk about our uh, buddy Hank and, uh, you know, he, he uh, had that uh, whole thing where he was attacking Bud Selig. And, you know, this happens once in a while where, where somebody that you've been absolutely openly attacking somehow ends up on your show. I'm trying to think. Uh, what do you mean? We've happened a million times with us. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We okay. We never openly attack someone mean, but no, no, we mean no harm to we, anybody, and we we don't mean to be overly, you know, defamatory or uh, you know, inflaming, uh, you know, people to not like somebody. I mean, we did talk about the curse of Rachel Nichols. Did we have her on the no, show? No, Rachel? no, but no. okay. We there's two that come to my mind first. Mick Hubert. Was one oh, Hubert, that yeah. we would but sort I, I never mock. didn't like Hubert, but I, we would I, mock never, him because I, his yeah. homerism before we talked to him and realized he's like a yeah. sweetheart was as homerific as homerific gets. So you would do the home eye, we would play the sound, oh, yeah. we would oh, do all why? that. Can and, you believe that? And then we had him on, and he was like yeah. really nice. And I was like, dang, he's like really nice. And he would come on whenever we wanted. But but I had great respect for Hubert's announcing because uh, yeah. I believe he was perfect for for what yeah, he was yeah. doing with the yeah. Florida Gators. He, he did a good job. Perfect. But we'd go yeah. after him. Like we we would like we would joke, and we weren't being mean, and that's why we didn't feel and, guilty. And, having and he did him. a good, accurate call. Also, I mean, he was very accurate in, in what he said about the uh, game as it was going on. Mick, and then we did it with Ronaldi too. You loved the Ronaldis. And we oh, Rinaldi, all, yeah. That's why we called it doing a Rinaldi because we liked yeah. it, but we also made fun of it. Like, it would be like well, the most ridiculous even thing. Even he made fun of it. Yes. <laughs> and then we have Rinaldi. Oh, and we, Tiger. Exactly. That was. <laughs> a young boy. Uh, <laughs> exactly. 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 Right. Come on, Tom. But then he would do it himself. I mean, Rinaldi doing Rinaldi was one of the all time classics here. On the show. Anybody, uh, anyway, a lot of people did an about face. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the yeah. rub, and this uh, relates to degeneracy here. Yeah. Where, um, look, uh, okay, so if you knew for a fact that you were in the Orlando Magic front office, do you think the Magic set this up? 
Okay, because they're living in a miserable city there, uh, you know, a shithole of a town, Orlando, Florida. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody. A friend of ours just recently moved there, and uh, we uh, like read her last rites. <laughs> uh, you know, like a yard site candle for her uh, just yesterday because she moved to Orlando on Saturday last week. And you're oh, thinking, yeah. that's it. Won't be seeing her around here no more. Now, you would think people would come back, but but it comes uh, becomes prohibitive, right, to move back to an area that you moved out of because it was getting like too expensive for your budget and you decided hey i've had enough of this i'm going to go somewhere where i can uh, live uh, well within my means yeah at uh, the same sort of level but unfortunately you don't have anything including an ocean in our yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> for my money and you know it's funny because I, I was doing my walk of life now i walk up a1a which is right along the ocean but it's not actually on the beach uh, for some reason, well, I mean, it was that knee surgery that uh, reminded me that uh, maybe that's not the best thing for the knees there is to uh, walk into a suction cup like sand and go a long distance every day. And uh, you're just tearing yourself up. Now, if it's hard as a rock there, like it is in Daytona, where you can drive your car on a beach, uh, that's a whole nother thing. But, uh, you know, I'm walking by the ocean, at least, and you can feel the difference, right, in the air and the atmosphere and just the way that you know, the vibe that you get uh, from a physical standpoint by being near uh, the Atlantic Ocean, in this case. Uh, we're here on the East Coast. Um, but if you're living in Florida, what, what would be the point unless you're living somewhere within a reasonable distance of the beach and the ocean? Why would you want to live in the middle of a state where it's 100 degrees every day with mosquitoes the size of clincher softballs? Hey, you're going to throw that thing? Oh, no, it's just a bug? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Where you literally have to buy protection for your car because you're going to, you know, have, have that engine's going to ingest uh, so many bugs that uh, it's likely to stop somewhere, you know, around uh, Kissimmee and or Yeehaw Junction, which is one of my favorite towns uh, in the state of Florida. But what would be the point of living here without being near the ocean? So Orlando already becomes somewhat of basketball purgatory, does it not? And it's a real big tease, too, because if you're with yeah. the heat, everybody knows who you are. Yep, yep, yep. There's a picture of Pat Riley in his stands, and next thing you know, there's a shot of Tyler Hero, and he's making a three. He does that in Orlando. What are you looking at? Mickey Mouse? I don't know. <laughs> Old pictures of Walt? Talking about Disney, not Hazard. Uh, so, I mean, not a great distinction to uh, be drafted by the Orlando Magic. Um, and and uh, Jabari Smith, because they, they had talked about him being the number one pick as a certainty, the odds posted by, like, FanDuel and DraftKings you had to lay 300 to win 100 on Jabari Smith to need be the number one overall pick. But it, but it was a foregone conclusion. It, yep. it was happening. Your man Woj was touting this. Woj. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so I'm looking at this yesterday, and I have to give credit to the uh, Brent Musburger if this is still the same organization, which I'm not sure. So I don't I, think I it is. VSIN out of my ass. still exists. Like, the Greek, the show he does is yeah. attached to the VSIN network, like, or they are their network. They air VSIN network shows. So All I right. think VSIN still exists as its own thing. It could. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the uh, post carries uh, handicapping from a thing called Action Sports now, which I thought maybe uh, I, I thought I saw somewhere or read somewhere that VSIN, the Vegas Sports Information Network, which was started by Musburger, is uh, one of the you know fundamental elements of that whole thing. And we had to bury America campaign because we used to read every day the handicapping that he would put out, uh, you know, and it wasn't Musburger personally, but sometimes it was. 
And, uh, you know, Musburger is, uh, you know, a, a stone degenerate. And, yep. and uh, we love that aspect of it. Uh, everybody loved it when he would make those allusions to the over-under. Uh, Al Michaels kind of stole that, I think, uh, and became known for it. But um, he, he has borrowed material before. And I believe he got that from Musburger. Because uh, nobody was happier when Jimmy was running up to score. And, and Parsegian, Arab Parsegian, was calling the game with Musburger. Notre Dame, Miami, when Jerry Faust uh, lost to Miami and Jimmy Johnson, like 55 to 3. Yeah. And there were three minutes to go in a game. And Jimmy had all his starters in there. Uh, Gino Ariema was on the sidelines. And uh, Jimmy's, uh, you know, throwing bombs with, with like no time left in the game. While <laughs> Faust is literally eating like cow manure on the sidelines, there, realizing that his days at Notre Dame are, are, are just absolutely in minuscule numbers numbered. I mean, there's just no way. And, and he just kept rubbing it in. And Musburger's like, yeah, Jimmy, way to go. While Persegian is talking about the fact that this is a disgrace, which was a real, I mean, piece of hypocrisy, was it not? Because, uh, I mean, how many times did Eric Parsegian run up to score exactly. on uh, Iowa Tech as yeah, Notre Dame exactly. open up the season exactly. with their homecoming game exactly. in front of their adoring fans, hundreds of thousands following them everywhere that they went? Unbelievable. <laughs> and the final here is 77-3. I tell you what, Iowa Tech really put up a battle there early in the ball game. And then Aaron, the boys really pulled it out. They uh, threw the ball 100 times in the second half. <laughs> they, they did the same number on everybody, and the guy couldn't stand it. Exactly. When it I mean, it's kind of like the bully getting bullied. Yep. All of a sudden, the guy's not such a tough guy anymore. Right? You know, hey, mommy. <laughs> but uh, Parsegian was crying in the booth, and uh, Musburger w was just absolutely uh, you know, exhilarated by the, the fact that uh, Jimmy, because uh, he wasn't going to allow any points to Notre Dame in that game, was going to score 55 himself. <laughs> clear cut from like the third quarter on that Musburger had the over in the ball game and was figuring that uh, the game was going to at least be competitive, maybe like 37 to 30. He's probably got it at 55. So uh, he needed Miami to score all of those points. And while one guy is celebrating, uh, the other guy is uh, torn to bits and ready to, uh, you know, contemplate uh, maybe ending his life right there in the middle of the fourth quarter, Eric Parsegian. Uh, so anyway, uh, we, we know that Musburger has degenerate tendencies, and I had seen him at the track a few times, and uh, he was always, uh, you know, very approachable there, and he seemed to just be having a good time. He had his cowboy hat on, and this was at the height of his career as a play-by-play uh, -play announcer. And, uh, you know, when he was saying uh, this happens a lot uh, with different people that have celebrity status where you, you see them in an environment where they're very comfortable, like a racetrack, which is kind of, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there are women there, but it always struck me as being like a giant men's social club where the best part about it was, uh, A, that there was no real admission fee to the yep, club. Yep, yep. And B, you, you had a lot of friends there that yep. you could relate to at the track, but you never had to see them in any other capacity <laughs> or walk of life. It was just strictly when you showed up there, right? It was kind of like you showed up at the Turkish Bass or something, right? I love how you phrase it. You never had to. Like, it's not that, yeah, you don't always see them. It was, yeah, thank God. You only see them there. <laughs> That's it. That's the only place you want to know. You want to see them. <laughs> and I'm sure they felt the same way about me. Like, uh, you know, great. the forest, what an asshole he is. But, uh, you know, at the <laughs> track, he's a lot of fun because yeah. he's always yelling and screaming about how he just got fucked. <laughs> That's classic. Which is a common theme, oh and uh, you know, an easily uh, shareable emotion. Exactly. You know, getting fucked uh, on a bench. <laughs> but I mean, you would have been destroyed if I mean, if you bought into this. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, it, it is a little ridiculous to be making this wager anyway. It was not, no matter how sick, no matter how low on the degenerate totem pole you happen to be. 
no matter how uh, marginal your barometers are and uh, your, your parameters are for, for betting on stuff mm-hmm. that would normally be unthinkable like back in the day where, you know, you used to just bet whether a team would win a game or not. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're betting whether so-and-so is going to have 19 oh, yeah. and a half or more points <laughs> yeah, and whether yeah, this yeah. guy's going to make four threes and are they going to, who's going to shoot the first free throw? Oh my God. I saw it last night and because the handicapping thing, they have the shows everywhere now in Bally sports yeah. at landlubbers. They'll show Bally sports when like, the right. Marlins or Panthers aren't playing, so it's a national show, and they do a lot of handicapping. So they were handicapping all sports, and I didn't even know there was that many sports going on right now, so I give them credit. Yes. They're like, total bases for Christian Yelich, and it was like <laughs> one and a Did hook. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that. I'm like, <laughs> if he gets a double, you win. Yeah, I'm like, if he gets on base at all, you're almost break even. Like, I'm like, what yeah. is going a push? I'm like, how do you even? All you need is a bunt single and a walk, and you get the over. <laughs> like, if he goes two for two, Yelich. you're killing it. Like, <laughs> of course, he goes zero for five that night with five well, strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you took the over, it's like how specific is that? Under, <laughs> it's for the cycle, yeah. Can you bet for a guy to hit the cycle? I mean, that, that would be uh, enormous odds. That would be like hitting a pick six. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's happened a couple of times, I think, already this year, which, uh, you know, it's somewhat of a rarity. I mean, uh, one of the oddest things about the Marlins franchise is that they've never had a guy hit for the cycle. Now, uh, you know, that was uh, true of the Mets, uh, where they never had a no-hitter until Santana got that bogus no-hitter uh, many years ago, and now they have that combined no-hitter. But imagine with the great pitching the Mets have had. I mean, they had Seaver, they had Doc Gooden, they had Jerry Kuzman. Yep. So many uh, great, great pitchers that, that they had. I mean, like like upper echelon, top-notch Hall of Fame guys and uh, never had the no-hitter, which was really, really weird. And then Santana, I mean, what was up with instant replay in that game where, where the ball uh, yeah. you know, clearly was like... <laughs> they didn't have it, remember? They didn't have it yet. They, remember baseball yeah, was like I mean, one of the last people to like use replay? Wouldn't want to get the call right, wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> what would be the point of that? I always love when they go to the former official. Steve Javi was the guy uh, during the playoffs, right? Uh, yep, Steve NBA. Javi, the yeah. former NBA referee. He sucked. <laughs> he like and they never referee. have anything to say. Uh, they, they shed zero light on the situation. They had uh, Koharski, uh, who was a former hockey uh, referee and uh, known for that infamous uh, incident where the Flyers coach at the time was screaming, have another donut, Koharski, you fat pig. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, unhappy, obviously, with one of the calls uh, during the game. And now, hockey uh, coaches have every right to uh, get upset. This John Cooper guy, man, I, I don't know. Does he peel himself off the mat after that defeat in overtime? Six men on the ice, Louie. One, two, three, four, oh. five, six. Oh, that was interesting. And we barely talked about that yesterday. It's so funny. But, like, my my favorite is hockey person defending that no call. And it's like... No call being defended for an atrocious. Mission. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like it wasn't like you'll see this the guy getting off and there's one foot on. It's like okay, yeah. like that would be annoying to call. That. No, he's standing in front of the goal. This guy. He was playing <laughs> like they had a six he on had five. The goalie in a headlock. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. really did. It was he like <laughs> Vasilevsky. He's got him in a rear naked choke or whatever that is. Which is my it favorite was, move in all of sports, I the know, rear right. naked choke. What happened to the arm bar? Do people use that anymore, or was that just exclusive to Ronda Rousey? I'm not sure. No idea. The arm bar? Because you never see that move uh, in MMA. I was watching some MMA last night. I, I still can don't tell. Play. I can tell. No, I was. Uh, you know, I mean, there are a few MMA uh, you know, performers that 
if I see that they're uh, fighting and I can watch it without having to pay a fee, yeah. I'm willing to watch like that. Chris Cyborg, she's such a monster that yeah. uh, you know. And I don't know if she's as good she's as she still was, fighting. But... <laughs> Cyborg yes, still yes, fighting? I think she's a Bellator champion or something. Really? Yeah. Jeez. And, and Bellator kind of evolved to uh, I, I don't know. It's not really the equivalent of the UFC, but. Certainly rose in stature, did it not, from the time? Remember, we were doing some stuff with those guys when they first came out? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, of course, we dropped out of that thinking they were never going to make it. Exactly. <laughs> Opportunities, the whole shows, play-by-play. Yeah, like you're no, we didn't have any of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, it was the same same stuff for me. I mean, once again, uh, you know, there's a takedown early in the round, a five-minute round, and then they, they lay on the floor for four and a half minutes, and then finally the bell rings and they get up. Yep. And, uh, you know, the announcers are going crazy while nothing's happening. Oh, my God, can you believe this? The judo, the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, the Brazilian uh, taifu or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Tofu. I don't even know what they call this stuff. I mean, but how do you identify that? It's just like one guy laying on top of another guy. Like when two fat guys would fight back in the days in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, the fatter guy would get the edge and just lay on a guy until they broke it up. <laughs> I guess it's worth sure, paying to see. That's what happens. All right. So I, I, I thought about doing this, but I, I didn't believe it to be true because I was so convinced by the stuff that I read that uh, the Orlando Magic had decided and may have even signed a contract already with Jabari Smith. Exactly. And then uh, I'm sitting with, with the chess man after getting blown off the tennis courts last night by this kid. My God, he's hitting the ball like Roger Federer. It's unreal. I mean, wicked cross-court forehands. I mean, just whistling right by the old man there. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to keep this up, kid? You're, gonna <laughs> score a point you're getting bitter. Well, I don't you just whiff on one on purpose so I don't feel like a completely shot fighter out here. I, I, I got you into the game. I bought you your racket. You want him to tank it? You want him to tank it? I need him to tank it. I'm just getting great. blown out every step. <laughs> He's taking it serious now. He's actually proud of himself. He's gotten good. And you're like, uh, screw you. <laughs> I want him to quit the game. That's, exactly. uh, you know can't shoot hoops anymore so uh, that's out i don't know there's nothing i could beat him at if i can't beat him at tennis so uh, so that's over that that whole situation has switched much like the number one and uh you know two exactly because then the smith doesn't even go second right nope. so uh I, I don't know double the agony for a lot of people that uh you, you would you have laid 300 if you knew for certain like like some guy in the orlando magic organization yeah uh, you know, told you, hey, look, uh, we, we have a deal with this guy, so we're going to take him. It's kind of like when uh, Footy knew about the halftime song yep, that Katy yep. Perry was going to do at the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. Is it a guarantee? Absolute uh, 100% uh, nope. certainty? No, but damn close, right? I mean, that one was because, yep. uh, you know, you're probably going to rehearse the way that you play. You're yes, yes. Practice the way that you play. Yes, especially you're going to play the way that you practice. Yeah, that, that would be the uh, cliche the that we would apply there. Yeah, the you know what? You play the way you practice. That's the saying, yes. Practice? Okay, so uh, the practice here would have been to follow the uh, logic and the wisdom and everything that was being written and said about this, that uh, Smith was going to be number one. Uh, lay 300 to win 100. Lay 3,000 to win 1,000. Lay 30,000 if you're Sheldon G to win 10,000. Sheldon G, I mean, if he knew this, uh, you know, and assumed that it was fact, I might have laid 300000 and went 100 It's like they're giving you money. Yes. Okay. So what happens? 
FanDuel and DraftKings, they get buried yes. by the Orlando Magic last night. Yes. Buried. Yes. Now, did Adam Silver look a little nervous? He looked a little pale to me because I, I think when he made that announcement, he realized he was screwing his partners. <laughs> <laughs> Correct? They had taken, uh, well, I mean, I don't know how many people would have been inclined to throw the, uh, you know, three to one uh, odds uh, in reverse, right? You're, you're basically, uh, you know, going into a one to three shot by taking Jabari Smith. But, uh, you know, and, and can you really be convinced that, that you know, the people that are uh, writing about this in a newspaper know exactly what they're talking? Where was this coming from, Ruby? Where was this coming That's from? That's a great question. This whole idea. Because, uh, I mean, in the NFL draft, They've already got Burrow signed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's the number one. They'll pick. sign, especially when it's quarterbacks, no they'll sign it. them before the draft. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, what's it going to take there, Joe? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not oh, wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because even when it was understood that, yeah, John Morant could have been the number one pick, you were going to yeah. take Zion. He still was not signed until like that night he wasn't announced. That's true. The NFL is, I think, the only one that does it like that, where like you can. The, the hype around Zion, I, I think, precluded. Uh, the Pelicans from taking uh, Jean Morant. Yeah, also. yeah. Don't you believe that? I mean, uh, look, uh, nobody really knew that Morant was going to turn into uh, what what he has as a pro. I mean, uh, as great as he might have been as a collegian, it was hard to envision this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zion Williamson, uh, when you were watching him as a collegian, you thought, wow, this kid loves the game. He's a lot of fun. He's got that uh, compelling personality, even though he doesn't say much, uh, everybody really enjoyed watching him play. He he was, he was an entertaining player who who played very well and, uh, dominated the college game. Uh, And, uh, what they uh, didn't realize was, uh, well, New Orleans is probably the last place that this guy should (laughs) be. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like red beans and rice is going to help you get in shape to go 82 games in the NBA. Is it? Oh my God. You have to be careful. <laughs> like, right? You have to be careful. Just I, the fact that I'm going there. I, I already know, looked so in scared. the mirror today this morning, and while shaving, said to myself, "Be careful there." Exactly. Be careful. Po boys. You want to eat everything. You want to eat everything. <laughs> I mean, the, and you I, can't do it at, at 71. You can't do it. I'm no one can. You. Only Mike Mayo. Mike Mayo is the only one that can somehow eat at every restaurant because he eats seven places a day. There, there's a price to pay for that. Well, duh. There is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of prices. Yeah. I mean, uh, the years keep pound, mounting up. And if the pounds keep mounting up, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a very precarious position yep. long term, right? Because even if you do drop the weight later on, the, the damage is already done. It's kind of like, uh, you know, do I regret doing all that blow in the uh, early 80s? Of course. I don't know how I'm still alive. I really don't. <laughs> But the heart can't, I mean, when I recently, I guess it was a couple of years ago, I, I had to go to like see this uh, heart doctor and because uh, I was having that knee surgery. So that was like 2019. Yeah, pretty bad. And they, you know, they saw something on one of these graphs and they said, oh, no, we can't do the surgery. Bah, 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 bah. You got to go see this guy and that guy. And uh, I don't know, is that just a racket? They send you around the horn there to like a million doctors? I'm, I'm hoping not. They, they probably, you know, they look at your insurance card and go, Medicare? Okay, here's what you got to do. <laughs> you got to see my buddy Joe over there at Holy Cross, and then you got to go to Baptist Central. See my buddy. Like every Catholic hospital. Oh All God. right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you're not going to Mount Sinai there. I mean, you're going to like uh, every uh, Catholic hospital that you can find, and they're sending you a million specialists. Uh, but the guy told me, actually, after like all of this examination, he said, uh, your heart's in perfect shape. I said, 
That's a miracle. <laughs> I don't want to miracle. admit to him why. That's, that's a miracle. <laughs> no, it is. It's a fucking miracle. You're, I mean. <laughs> I, I immediately signed on to donate all of my organs to exactly. science. Exactly. You're like, yeah. here, thank you. Because <laughs> I, I pretty much have lived by the Burt Sugar credo, which is I'd rather be a good liver than have a good liver. And uh, maybe one of the greatest lines philosophically uh, ever spoken. I mean, you could have, uh, you know, Sartre and Nietzsche and all of these uh, philosophical pundits, but uh, nothing better than that. I'd rather be a good liver than have a good liver. Bert Randolph Sugar, may he rest in peace. So what, what happened to Sandy, man? Is that guy still around? Sandy? I like Sandy. I, he, I, he doesn't scream to me as internet guy. So that's really how a lot of people have found us is via yeah. promoting on social sites. And that's all internet based. Sandy, not only from what we talked, when we finally met him, it, it explained a lot for where his opinions come from. Um, and it said a lot about probably how he lives. So, Well, I, he was like a turkey hunter guide. And he looked like it. By train. He, no, he did. He looked like some guy that, that could have been in the woods. He looks uh, like know, he lives in the Everglades. For a period of time. Yeah, he lives like, in the Everglades. Like, that's what he looked like. And not to be mean, that's what he looked like. And he owned it. He's like, yeah, that's how I want to look. It's like when those guys uh, you know, were seeking out Rambo to help guide yes. him to... Uh, <laughs> Try and save these children, and, you know, ended up getting annihilated instead. But, uh, you know, and they're like, uh, you know, where does he live? You know, he like had as a legendary status. And, and the guy doesn't even mention his name. He just goes over there. Right? And you're looking going over there. It's like a treehouse over there. What are you talking that's, about? That's, that's where he lives. So I presume Sandy hasn't found us. No, he was a reputable guy. I, I really enjoyed him. I uh, loved him. He, but... he was very knowledgeable about sports and very opinionated. And, uh you know, he uh, unfortunately did not like. I mean, the, you know, one of the things I never figured out about this guy is he, he, how could you not like Burt Sugar? Everyone loves Sugar. He's fantastic, man. I mean, just a great, great guy. I, I definitely uh, miss this guy. I don't know that Sugar would have been on uh, Bancherito last night. So, so what do you think? Uh, does the NBA get sued by FanDuel? <laughs> because the Orlando Magic put this bullshit out that they were taking uh, Jabari Smith get and had sued. a deal signed with him. And, and then took another guy where they had to pay out almost three to one plus two seventy five if you made that bet that morning. And yeah, the action sports guy actually said that uh, the best value that you could possibly get right now is to take Banchero at plus two seventy five because to be the number one overall pick because uh, you know to lay three hundred to win a hundred yeah, yeah. on Jabari Smith. If you really believe that he was going to be the number one pick, then you're not going to do that probably. I mean, uh, just for the off chance of of what happened. Yeah. Which is that they had you zamboozled. Yep, yep. That uh, this was going to be the uh, selection there. So, so uh, what did uh, Wojanowski? Is that a, his actual last name? Wojanowski. Wojanowski. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Woj, as he's Woj. known, uh, you know, and he, he's the number one guy. There's another number one guy though. A young kid. That Sham came is from good. Some other Shams is good too. Shams Charnia or Charania is yeah. another guy that's really up there. He's just not. It's like Woj. And then Shams is what. Yeah, I mean, and they're making zillions of dollars for making these predictions. So, uh, how do you feel when uh, you uh, (laughs) predicted that the Titanic was the safest ship exactly (laughs) that anybody could ever cruise on? When you were better off on that Sun Cruise ship that was about to sink because this mob was about to whack uh, the owner there, uh, the Greek guy. Who who was that uh, guy again? That was the uh, owner of the Sun Cruise, and uh, he started Miami Subs also. I know. He got whacked in his Mercedes Benz one night. And uh, remember, I, I told you that story a few times. Yes, would be about yes. uh, Gus Bulos. What was his name? Gus Bulos. Yes, Gus uh, Bulos. Remember this guy? Gus Bulos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it happened that they had the uh, the book, bookie joints, speaking of degenerates, uh, they, they had a sports book on a ship, which was, 
I mean, imagine now, I mean, a zero of a big deal. But uh, then it was like, whoa, we, we can go out on the ship and, and bet some games and watch them and, and actually, you know, bet and collect right there. I, this is great. It's like Vegas on the water. So they had that. It was very short-lived. And uh, the Polyman and I went out, and uh, Polyman liked the game, and we won the game. And they told us that they couldn't pay us because we were back inside the three-mile limit that we would have to come out on a, a subsequent trip to get our money. Now, the bad news there is uh, you, you can't just blow it off because you laid out the money. Yep. So I think we had like 200 to win 400 or something. So, uh, you know, we naturally wanted to go and, and collect this $600 because 200 of it was ours to begin with. Okay. So uh, we win the game. Uh, we come back in. And that night, I'm watching the Channel 7 News, I think it was. I like, came on at 10 o'clock, came on earlier than the other channels. Just arbitrarily, uh, you know, I, I was uh, doing the, the same morning drive thing. This was uh, a Sunday night. And um, I see the guys that had the sports book that we made the bet with being uh, taken away in handcuffs with jackets over their heads. And they had shut down the sports book. So I'm thinking, wow, I mean, that's as big a screwing as I've ever experienced, right? Where <laughs> you finally win a game. And and there goes, and not, and not, it's not the bookie that you owe money to. It's the guys that owe oh, you, you money. And, they're, and the thing only was uh, up and running for like uh, two days. <laughs> but he shut it down. So I have a friend uh, who was actually, he was doing stats for a long time. Uh, and he may still be doing it. Uh, for the Miami Heat and a lot of teams in town. He, he was like a really, really accomplished statistician and uh, very, very highly regarded by all of the teams for his work. And uh, he was dealing blackjack on the ship, the Sun Cruise. So I told him the story about how I, I got screwed here. And he said, you know what? I might be able to help you because uh, I know Gus Bullis is going to be on the ship on uh, like Tuesday night. So why don't you come out Tuesday? I'll introduce you to Gus. Tell him the story. He'll, he'll probably try to do something to, you know, help you get your money. So, um, Sure enough, uh, I go on a ship. Now, uh, you know, I'm probably going to lose uh, another 300 just for being out there. Yep, yep, yep. And this was the only purpose I went out there was to collect this money. Yeah, yeah. It's a dumb move sometimes if you're a degenerate. Uh, so the, the guy introduces me to Gus Bullis, or, or he's about to, and, and Bullis is in the most heated discussion I have ever seen with a bunch of guys that look like they literally just flew in from Russia that day. Okay, okay so Russian, not Italian, like Russian mob. Russian mob, yeah. Okay. Uh, not the kind of guys you really want to mess with there. No, no, no. Talking I mean, to, mob is mob. These are like ex-KGB yeah, 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 or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that uh, re really they would stop at nothing. Uh, you know, they would slaughter you right in front of the people there yeah, and just walk away. Yeah, yeah. They would have like, uh, you know, a submarine pick them up so they uh, were never found again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I figured like it's a bad time to, you know, approach Gus about my uh, $600. And... Uh, you know, and I, he walked away from that, and, you know, I sat down. I was, I was just screwing around, and, and sure enough, later on, my buddy comes and hands me six black chips. Nice. And says, I told him your story, and he just said, hey, listen, just give the guy the money, right? Nice. And two days, two days later, he was whacked in his of car. Of course. Of course he was. And I was thinking, what the hell were they talking about, man? Well, you know now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that money you promised us? Yeah, I mean, uh, there had to be some, uh, you know, some paper that wasn't uh, being honored there uh, by uh, by Gus Bullis or whatever. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, and they finally, I don't know, they, that, that, that case lingered forever. I think they convicted a couple of guys who, uh, I don't even know if they were Russian mobsters. The guys that did the, uh, you know, the actual uh, 
uh, murder of Poulos uh, were, you know, a couple of, I think they might have been like uh, mobsters from New York or something. It, uh, I would assume. Kind of. Kind of, you know, uh, and, you know, that for a long time, they couldn't figure out what the hell happened there. And I, I think they were just recently convicted. But, I mean, what are the odds of that, right? Here's uh, DeForest looking for $600, and you're going to bust in on this meeting where they're going to kill the guy because they don't like what he has to say. Uh, you know, always tough. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it never works that way, does it? Where, you know, your bookie checks out while you owe him. Like yeah, exactly. Times? Exactly. It's, it's the other way. It's the bookie always the other checks way, out right? that owes you. What do you mean he had a heart attack? He's in Guam? You have to be. <laughs> What's Louie doing in Guam? All right. A- anyway, uh, what do you think? Lawsuit coming from uh, no. the FanDuel people to the NBA, Adam Silver. Maybe uh, we don't, uh, you know, something happens to him. huh? He-, he might be getting treated by Navalny, like Navalny in Russia, you know, by these uh, gambling partners after that screw job yesterday, huh? Yep. Where they ended up having to pay out plus 275. Although maybe nobody believed it, right? And, and didn't even uh, take up the possibility. Did you think in any way that Banchero was a numero uno? Banchero. I, no. I mean, talking to people who watch college basketball, the professor who's massively into it said, uh, there's no way. Like, he's like, of all the, of the three guys that were expected to be at the top, he has the most, the highest potential to be a bust. Like, that's what Ken said repeatedly. And then I heard that all day yesterday. Like, I heard that from everyone that were like, yeah, man, Cheryl is fine, but he's not Jamari Smith. Uh, you think it's uh, tainted a little bit, though? The uh, professor's usually very solid opinion on all of this stuff, but uh, the fact that he went to Duke, <laughs> not- is that shed, like, kind of a darker light on, on this guy? Uh, if they're, I'm trying to think of if he's you know, ever going to do that credit. Um, maybe, because he, he never liked any of the Duke guys. And then we had uh, much Jay Billis last night, the endless uh, well, that Jay Billis. I mean, my favorite Give is- me Hubie, man. Hubie from the grave still blows away Jay Billis uh, as a commentator on this stuff. Just too sanctimonious and uh, condescending, isn't he? Well, oh, yeah. This guy. Oh, and he's wrong all the time. My favorite is... You averaged four points a game for Duke, uh, you know, for four years, and you claim the championship was won by you. Unbelievable. Well, that's Jay Billis. That My documentary is- he made about himself, uh, that, that, was the, <laughs> that, that was a crime. And that's like something Donald Trump would do. Well, hasn't he? Well, <laughs> I feel yeah. he sort of has. <laughs> All right, I hope you guys cashed on the Banchero thing. Yeah, that that was the message here for the last uh, 45 you know, minutes. 45 <laughs> minutes of the show. <laughs> Big board's coming up with the yes, professor. Sir. It's a degenerate Friday. I'm looking at a few things. Is tonight the end uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and their two-year reign as Stanley so. Cup champions? I do you hope, hope so. so. Yeah, I'm, I start growing to despise them. <laughs> I, I, I want them to win this game tonight. I don't think they will, but uh, I want them to. Of course you do. Right? It's like Boston South. <laughs> I like the Lightning. I, I know you do. This, you like Boston. This whole thing with Tampa. I mean, you can have Ebor City. I'd like much Ebor rather City. be where we were the other night there with Mike Mayo to gamble. Well, obviously. And, uh, be on a Atlantic Avenue in Delray. Not not even our first tier go-to place. Oh, no. That's, that's how sucky the central part of the state is. Like, right. Orlando and Tampa are cities. It's not Loxahatchee or Pensacola. But So uh, some old Cuban guy is rolling a cigar down there, and uh, you're yeah, like, wow, not, look at that. That's history, right? Yeah, it's not here. You get yourself a sandwich, and you're out of there. Ferdy Pacheco loved it. Ybor City was his favorite. Uh, what do we have, too? Uh, and a professor might be on uh, this, huh? Is he still betting USFL? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, a bunch we'll of USFL him. games uh, here on the slate. Uh, a lot of baseball, including Los Marlins, who are favored over the Mets tonight. Have they won three in a row? They've won three in a row, right? Or is it more? They swept the uh, Colorado Rockies, yes. That was good after uh, that uh, absolute uh, horseshit performance in New York. Uh, they must have. Is Alcantara yes, pitching? That would be the only thing I could uh, imagine here. Let me see. Mets. Oh, they would be the top draw here. Yeah, oh, Alcantara. 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 Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. You know, Alcantara, speaking of uh, future odds and uh, prop bets, Alcantara is the favorite to win the National League Cy Young Award right now. And uh, you're, you're getting like three to one. Yeah, three to one on Alcantara if you bet him to uh, win the Cy Young. Yeah, he's, he's, if he can sustain this, how, how well, does he not? The problem is, how can he sustain it with this team? The yeah. bullpen sucks. And, <laughs> and, and can you, uh, yeah, can you win the Cy Young if you're seven and 14? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Grom did. The Grom was like 10 yeah. and 15. <laughs> but the Grom yeah. had like a point nine eight. Like, you have to have some ridiculous. Right. Like, with 8,000 strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Alcantara's having a good year. He's not having like no. And Ryan, um, you know, you usually wouldn't see a Marlin getting that kind of consideration. And oh, and Marlin. by the way, I don't know uh, what is it uh, that, that show on HBO. Uh, uh, it's uh, two two black guys, and it's like Jesus and oh Mario yeah, Jesus and Miro. Okay, they had Jeter on last night. Jeter, and Probably, you would not fun, have though? known it was Jeter because I they're mean, New York guys, so he might have been fun with them. They're, he's laughing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't yeah. say much, but, uh, you know, he's having a great time. And you would have thought uh, he, he was, uh, you know, just Mr. Happy all, all the time. You, you would have never known that that was Derek Jeter if, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you can recognize him. But, you know, it's almost as if you needed uh, some kind of subtitle and or uh, identifying, uh, you know, thing that uh, that they would put up to, to let you know it was Jeter, right? Uh, he, he was just... He was having a great time. All right. So speaking of great time, the big board coming up with the professor. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz, South Florida Live. Tell your friends uh, things are uh, growing and expanding. Uh, Jesse says you look good on uh, the tube here. Uh, he was watching yesterday. Right. So saw the Visser Mama interview and uh, said uh, that was brilliant. And uh, he asked me how many euros I uh, put up in smoke there at that casino, exactly. which uh, I think I think it was the tune of 240, which exactly. uh, probably cost me 350. Exactly. <laughs> Stang went right out the door, man. As hot as she's been on the slot machines, she came up. I hadn't even, you know, gotten my drink yet. And she was like, can we go? <laughs> and I was like, what? We just took a boat like an hour to get here. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Fausto da Gama couldn't have found this place. All right. Uh, we're coming back with the professor here on the show. Hylia Park, great place to go. If you're going to wager, wager in style. Do it in class environments uh, like they have uh, set up for you, whether you're betting the horses in the champion simulcasting room, maybe you're playing some poker. That'll be great. I think Jess Mann's going to play in New Orleans. And, uh, of course, the casino itself has all your favorite Vegas-style games. And, and they, they're machines that pay. I'll say this. I mean, uh, thank you for the comp rooms, Harris, but Harris in uh, New Orleans. But I, I haven't had, uh, and neither has the Mustang, much luck on the machines there. They uh, seem to be, eh. And that's why it's such a pleasure to walk into a place like Hialeah Park, where you know they love it when you win a jackpot. It's great. Get a player's card when you come in the door, and that'll give you all kinds of entitlements. And uh, it's just absolutely fantastic, uh, the treatment that you get, whether you're a player's card holder or not. But why not take advantage of the generous opportunities that you have for free play and discounts on food and entertainment and all the good stuff that comes along with being a uh, card-carrying player? At Hylia Park. And if you have a card from other casinos, uh, you know, that it says, uh, hey, I'm Diamond Stud, you will, you'll be installed at that status right away. 
at uh, Hialeah Park. Well, whatever you were in, in some other casino situation, they, they put you right in there. It's, it's absolutely great. So uh, inquire about that as soon as you get in. And then, of course, uh, you can look up all of the activities at HialeahPark.com. Arrange for special parties there. Uh, really, really a great, I mean, multifaceted entertainment facility. Among the finest that you'll find anywhere in the world. It's beautiful. Hialeah Park. All right, Professor coming up in just a minute. Then the Gambling Gourmet, Mike Mayo, joins us here. And um, we had solicited uh, at one time on the radio when we were going to the Super Bowl in New Orleans, uh, good spots to go in New Orleans. And and we had a lot of great suggestions, all of which turned out to be worthwhile. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, Mayo, you know, he sneers at tourist places. He he thinks Acme sucks, which uh, I don't know, Mike. I don't know what went wrong with you there, but uh, everybody loves it, including Louisiana Tom. The guy has a food truck, world-renowned, cooking Cajun stuff. And uh, what was the first place he put down? Acme. Good place to go. Professor knows New Orleans food, too, so uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit with him. All right, coming back with that in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 7.53. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes, really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. This has been great because as cold as Jersey Kyle has been with his degenerate stimulus package horses, this man has been on fire with Australian rules football to the point where people are calling him Crocodile as uh, he joins us here on the show, (laughs) the Crocodile himself, the professor, now 14-8 and in documented picks on Australian rules football. Professor, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Defo. In fact, not only am I 14-8 and and picking Australian rules football, I am 6-0 and in Australia's favorite national game, Is This or Is This Not a Night? <laughs> <laughs> the best way to kick off your day is with Defo plus Luby. We now return to the Defo Show. All right, uh, this has become a highlight of our week here, and I always look forward to having the professor on the program uh, for his handicapping prowess, number one. But now, for the big board, and he comes in with the use of props for those of you that are are doing this. (laughs) Yes. The complete works of what? Edgar Edgar Allan Poe. Poe. At least it's witty. 
<laughs> the Raven Nevermore? Is this uh, like a tribute to Saragusa? What, what, what are you doing? He's mocking you for every time he's supposed to come on. You end up tangenting three times, and he sits there waiting while you like look at the paper. Well, I'm glad he's educating himself uh, with one of the uh, great literary talents of all time. Yeah, at least with Nevermore. him as Edgar Allan Poe, with us it's in post. <laughs> Professor, how are you? you uh, give me a had... minute. Give me a minute. I, I, yeah. I understood we were having some reading time before the second started. So. <laughs> Just let me get to the end of this paragraph and we can start. You know, five minutes in uh, DeForest time while uh, oh, you know, on the air is, is nothing, I mean, uh, to consider. It's actually, we got to you early, I think, today. <laughs> we actually did. <laughs> How are you, Professor? What's going on? Man, man. I'm uh, doing pretty well. Uh, by the way, uh, for the record... Yes, the fact that Banchero is a Duke guy is 100% part of my opinion because all Duke guys bust. Like, honestly, yes. not, not all. I'm exactly but like 95%. I mean, Kyrie's good. Tatum's off to a good start, but everyone else. they're the only two in like 30 years yeah. that have done anything. Yeah. I mean, Grant brand, Hill, yes, brand, and, then, brand, and then Grant Hill – you know, decided to go on the Duke plan of stealing money where, oh, yeah, let me sign this contract, but I'm going to injure my ankle on the way leaving the room. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Absolutely. Him being a Duke player is part of why I think he's a bust because Duke players bust at what they do. They've been, yeah. I mean, if you were going to give a grade for Duke stars under Krzyzewski, it would be what, like a D plus, a C minus maybe in terms of making in the NBA. They've Pretty much been abject failures. Yeah, even so, against yeah. Zion. Zion's played like a quarter of his games. Again, Zion's on the Grant Hill stealing money plan. Um, <laughs> you know, again, yeah, I think that does have to be considered when players from a program fail time and time and time again for a variety of reasons. I mean, the Jay Williams thing was kind of a fluke injury, the Mike yeah. Dunleavy thing, because like who couldn't see a super skinny six foot nine white kid with no defensive skills not making it in the NBA? <laughs> Let's make him the number three pick in the draft. Didn't he uh, hang no. around as like a of course, on yeah, some championship yeah. teams uh, like I years don't think later? So. No. Not as far as oh, by the way, I've never heard him actually say it. Jay Billis never won a championship at Duke. So if he's claiming that I haven't heard that. Not only is he lying about his participation, he's lying about them ever winning a championship. What what was this great team that he was on though? Uh and uh, he, he, Dawkins? he made it Dawkins? seem like uh, he, went, he, he, yes, was he was the there. main panelist there. He was there with Johnny Dawkins and Tommy Amaker and Mark the Gallery. First, they went the to the Final team. Four, and they lost right. to Purvis Ellison, who was a freshman at the time. Exactly. I was never nervous, uh, Purvis Ellison. Uh, uh, Julian, uh, one of our big fans and a big fan of the professor and the big board, uh, says uh, R.J. Barrett. What about R.J. Barrett, uh, who uh, I'm not showed sure signs go, of life uh, last year, really did. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd go bust quite yet, but let's just say I would say he's kind of trending in that direction. Yeah, I mean, Trending towards bust. He was a third pick. I, I mean, he's, he's the number three overall pick. He was the number one high school recruit uh, even ahead of Zion, and he's yeah. sort of trending towards volume scorer guy. I don't think you necessarily are hoping for volume scorer guy when you take a guy that high. You're you're hoping for a year after your all-star. Seemed like a little bit of a concession because uh, I didn't think R.J. Barrett was all that great at Duke. No, no. Yeah, he he, he didn't impress me as being a guy that would be the number three pick. But, uh, you know, I mean, maybe that was somewhat the case this year. What, what, what did you make of uh, – this whole business we were talking about, it. will the NBA get sued for putting out that uh, it was a certainty that Jabari Smith was going to well, Orlando all, number your, one? Your, your timeline's actually a little bit off. All right. Um, ben Chero was plus 300. Don't let it ruin a good story. <laughs> <laughs> the fact. Ben Chero what are you was, talking about? 
like plus 300 over the weekend. Then he took a big drop, a bunch of money came into him, uh, mostly fueled on a rumor that Orlando and Houston were going to sl- swap picks and Houston okay. wanted Banchero. Uh, then he started to creep back up a little bit odds wise, but he was actually going off closer to even money by the time oh, really? okay. they rolled around. Um, but the comments from the sports books are basically that all the sharp money came on, came in on Banchero and they all got clobbered. Wow. I'm assuming honestly, like most, sort of screwy draft and prop bets. This was a very low limit max bet. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. probably difficult to get more than, even if you were one of FanDuel's like super valued players, it's probably difficult to get more than say 500 bucks down on this. Oh really? That little. Okay. Yeah. Online. They, they understand. It, it, well, we, we have actual experience with this um, Super Bowl, yeah, probably like 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the with Katie Perry. Katie Perry's yeah, doing the halftime yeah, show. Yeah. Defoe's out in Vegas and he calls me up and say, Ken, we need to get $100,000 down. <laughs> um, Katy Perry's first song being Roar at the halftime show. It was inside information. Can I say the name? Somebody gave us yeah, inside yeah. information. What are you talking about? Yeah. What, are you, what, are you, about what do you want to mean to bet 10 grand on it? Uh, I think <laughs> I had, had that in my re- pocket while I was in the sports book in had Vegas. he seen the rehearsal. Yeah. That's what his friend or something. Uh, his friend and, was there, yeah. And so I go, and at the time I was a member of like eight different sports books. Yes. But you could only get like a hundred dollars down at each book. Right. And yeah. I'm not, I you know, I'm not uh, Floyd. But we ended up getting down on that, like a hundred bucks with the greatest. No, I think I between the three of us, we yeah. got like six hundred bucks in or something. Oh, okay. Like that. It was. I told know, Footy we couldn't get it down. Well, again, we had to go to like six <laughs> different places to play it. Um. They, it they takes put six very weeks t- to collect. Also, I mean, yeah, they put very tight controls on these kind of things. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense because uh, you know I I don't know why I was assuming when I see this stuff that uh, people are so enraptured and caught up in uh, in prop bets that everybody's just sending it in on all of this stuff because uh, you know you watch these shows uh, you know Luby mentioned one that was on uh, last night when you guys were doing the trivia at Landlubbers and um, actually I don't know I, I was flipping channels one day and I see this thing on ESPN it must have been like ESPN three where, you know, all they were talking about was gambling the entire time. And, and the guy's best bet was that uh, that uh, Clay Thompson would be under 19 and a half points when he was throwing all of those bricks up there in the first couple of games of the series in the finals. And he said, this is it. It's a sure thing. And, of course, that night he went for like 27 and led the <laughs> team in scoring. But uh, I, I was thinking, really, people, look what happened, I mean, to the world. You, you like to keep it simple, but now you, you can't just bet a game anymore. You're betting whether or not this guy is going to make, uh, you know, four and a half, three throws in the in, in the ball game. It's crazy. Okay, um, and I don't like to do this because I don't like to really talk shit about people who handicap. I let everybody sort of do their own thing. Yeah. But let's talk about what the industry is becoming. All right. Um, since the legalization of the United States and the widespread use of all these apps, there is incredible competition uh, to gain followers and customers. And so the industry is using, you know, age-old techniques, basically. They are going with sex cells. They are going with people with large social influence uh, in terms of social media. And a lot of these people don't know shit about sports. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably never gambled in their lives. It's girls who 20 years ago would have been doing cam modeling um, or pornography. Weather. Or... or, (laughs) Things along those lines. It's dudes who were, you know, the good-looking sports guy on Channel 12, Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. 
uh, people who have like 50,000 Instagram followers for reasons I can't quite comprehend because all their pictures are of food or of their outfits or whatever. Um, and honestly, it's very easy to sound like you know what you're talking about with a lot of these prop bets. Sure. So handicapping those kind of prop bets has become sort of uh, the go-to for a lot of these people because you can go, you can do appearances on shows like this. Um, Luby and I uh, were talking about a girl who used to do, I think she was on your show once, but uh, used to do the five reasons thing. Yeah, five reasons. You never um, she's a boob model, basically. Um, and But it's very easy to look up, oh, you uh, Darvish is averaging 6.4 strikeouts per start, and tonight his over-under on strikeouts is five and a half. So we're going to pick you Darvish to go over because 6.5 oh, is more than 5.5. I just scored here because uh, I bet Kavitova was going to double fault on that particular uh, service <laughs> attempt. Anyway, honestly. And I was getting six to one. Yeah. Here's the thing. The pop, prop bets are so popular right now with the industry because it's very easy to be a handicapper and make it sound like you know what you're talking about Yeah. with some of these prop bets. And, oh, no doubt. And a lot uh, of gamblers, frankly, are stupid, number one. And number two are horny guys watching the internet and want to impress these young women who won't give them the time of day. Anyway, you don't realize you're being, they're being paid by your online casino. So that's what's going on. And that's in my opinion, why the prop bet thing has become very popular, even though a lot of them are just monstrously stupid. You've got people betting on (laughs) over under 0.5 assists for the eighth guy on the Clippers bench. Uh, Udonis Haslam minutes. Will will so-and-so draw a walk tonight? Like, I mean, a lot of these things are just phenomenally stupid bets. And, but they're easy to make it sound like, you know what you're talking about because it's taking one simple number and comparing it to the prop and assuming there's no other factors involved. All right. Very good. Um, all right. Uh, you ready with the big board? I mean, I am uh, not. Libby, we got a couple put... of things. We got a couple of things to talk about. Okay. Cool. Um, we do have a couple plays and that's nice. the all second right. one I want to get to, but nice. uh, you had the lovely and talented on yesterday. Yes. And we all adore her. Yes. But she was on here making excuses for Boston sports once again. And, uh, <laughs> very philosoph- Please don't take issue with this. But <laughs> very philosophical and pointed out uh, that Boston sports fans dread failure because of, Calvin- of a Calvinistic sense of guilt. I right. would just like to point out that if one is a true Calvinist, uh, you believe that the only way to atone for sin is through punishment. And if you truly believe that, then Boston sports fans... Not just you, but generations to follow of you have significant atonement to pay for your last 20 years of cheating. Because everything (laughs) you've done for 20 years has been what uh, the Calvinists, it's not degeneracy, but uh, perversion. It's been sin. And uh, yet you shouldn't win for a long, long time. And you should have to deal with very harsh things uh, because of it. And I would say... Much of that is true, as you noted earlier, for the uh, city of Tampa Bay, uh, who absolutely deserve to get screwed by the refs. I could not have been happier <laughs> to see that happen to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that is what you people deserve for putting fucking salami on a Cuban sandwich. That is the most disgusting thing I have ever heard. And you, you deserve for the Bucks to be the Bucks for 40 years. And now you deserve for the Lightning to be punished. And everything else with the city of Tampa Bay. And by the way, I heard you mention her. 
Ebor is pure white trash. <laughs> Ebor is like the worst party spot. I would rather go hang out at that that Universal Studios thing in Orlando than oh. spend another second in Ebor City. Ebor City, yeah, I'm with you. Ebor City minus honestly, well, just cancel all the other bars and put up like forty Hooters all on a giant strip. That's all it is. It's just. Like they construct an entire section of a city dedicated to Hooters. My, uh, my good uh, you know, friend there, uh, Freddie Pacheco, the fight doctor, wrote a book about it. I think it was called Ebor City Chronicles. So oh, uh, He God. probably loved Hooters. Yeah, he, he loved it, man. He, he loved it. Right, let's uh, get to the big board. Uh, as, plays. Uh, he has plays. He has plays. We're actually going to bounce. Oh, yeah, plays. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow, College World Series starting Oklahoma versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss has been the strongest pitching team. Uh, particularly among their starters up to this point. Oklahoma has been probably the best offensive team. I'm taking Oklahoma because I think the Sooners are really well suited for this ballpark. Um, They're not a home run hitting team. They're really the only team in the field that doesn't rely on the home run. They get on base a lot. They run, I think, in this new big ballpark where the wind seems to blow in every day. Uh, They've got the best offense suited for this new stadium. By the way, I miss Rosenblatt. I miss the 13-11 games where both teams had to exhaust their whole bullpen yeah. i'm not crazy about this new stadium but i think the sooners are better suited to it so oklahoma plus 110 tomorrow night is our first pick yeah i love the, those games at rosenblatt it, it, it was a little weird because uh, from the perspective of calling a game uh you, you would have a little bit of difficulty you know calling a home run it was hard to get a you know, a depth perception on where the ball was going, but uh, you could just assume, like John Sterling, that everything in the air was a home run. Exactly. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, the second baseman would catch one, and you'd have to go, well, you know what? That looked like that thing was going out. But uh, it was fun. It, it was a very uh, kind of, uh, I, I mean, the, the place uh, had just a good feeling to it also with the fans there. And uh, I don't know if the new stadium's the same, but. Yeah, we do miss all of those home runs. All right, so you have one plane. You have something else now also? And then we have the USFL. Uh, okay. We got New Jersey's laying four and a half and Birmingham laying four and a half. They've been the two best teams all year long, so it makes sense in the playoffs uh, that they would have near identical line. I actually think, um, despite the fluky win in week one, Birmingham's been the better team throughout the course of the season. Um, I would definitely take them over Philly. I'd actually not Birmingham. I think Birmingham's New Jersey's gotten, uh, yeah. New Orleans, yeah. I, yeah, I think New Jersey's actually the better team, despite Birmingham's been the best, uh, the undefeated team throughout the course of the year. I think New Jersey's a better team. I do like them laying the four and a half. I do not like Birmingham, who's been a team uh, relied on comebacks most of the year with the four and a half. New Orleans, probably the best offensive team, but they've played with turnover problems most of the year. But in the last three or four weeks, seem to really correct that. I wouldn't be surprised to see New Orleans cover the four and a half and uh, maybe even win the game straight up. So. I, I look for an upset in the second game, the Birmingham-New Orleans matchup, but the first game, uh, definitely liking the New Jersey Generals, which should be very painful to Donald Trump yes. uh, to watch the New Jersey Generals win a USFL title, which he never managed to do no. as the owner. Well, he did get him the three bucks, though, when he uh, decided to go ahead and sue the government, <laughs> so uh, sure that went a long way. Uh, had a lifelong friend in Herschel Walker who's turning out to yes. be exactly the yeah, exactly. kind of sane brainy ref, uh, reference you want to have by your side exactly yeah i mean are there odds uh, on indictments uh yet uh, did anybody post anything <laughs> i mean not that? to be cruel but i think the better bet with herschel walker is uh the minus 140 on does he actively have cte yeah i was gonna say i mean who wow, doesn't get wow. cte 
No, he had it could he be. What about that Jim Jordan? Did he play football also? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a wrestler. You can tell by the cast. And and then as a coach in Ohio State, yeah, uh, one of the coaches uh, who oversaw a scandal where the team doctors were raping uh, yeah. Ohio State wrestlers. Yes, well, I mean, uh, that, that can be overlooked. Uh, there's yeah. an interesting <laughs> documentary HBO's making produced by George Clooney about that. All right, very nice. So that'll be and interesting a to see. big shock that he's apparently a barstool sports fan with that background. It, it wouldn't dissuade anybody from voting for him, though, in the uh, state of Ohio. Apparently, not anybody <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco is still getting elected. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here in Florida. All right, we we need to get to it. The, the big board here, the professor's big board for today. I don't know where you're going with it. Uh, I thought you were going to introduce some kind of literature. It sounds like you've been reading a lot, in addition to the uh, Edgar Allan Poe thing at the beginning. But uh, you know, I mean, with the philosophical approach there from a religious angle on uh, you know somehow denouncing Boston sports. So uh, where do we go this week? Well, I was very glad to hear you say earlier in the show that everybody understands this is all in fun. And uh, we're not intending to ridicule or no. or anger or troll, as they would say on the Internet, anybody, uh, because that means I, I can take things further than I have been in the past. So in the spirit uh, that of might that, be a little frightening, yes. we had a we had a landmark uh, thing happen yesterday. And that is, of course, uh, the 50 year celebration of Title Nine, uh, which. Oh, very good. Maybe unintentionally, if you go back and look at the educate the original language, but really open the floodgates uh for 50 years of a celebration of women's sports and we're gonna celebrate that a little bit today here on the big board and mark the occasion we are a day late but today we have the big board of title nine 50 years of equality question mark. Yeah, we question would like mark. To <laughs> surprise there's only one question mark there really, celebrate because there's you know been a lot going on in terms of winter's women's sports and the subject of gender and what should go on in sports Yeah. Uh, over the last, uh, I guess, year and change. It's become quite political, uh, which we do try to avoid in the show. But when it plays into sports, sometimes we have to talk about it. And, of course, there's a lot of talk about men's and women's sports and, you know, the funding behind should there be more interest in women's sports, should there be more money involved in women's sports. We had that with the U.S. women's national team, WNBA currently going on it. Um, so we're going to start with number five and just sort of look like uh, equality in sports. And for one, pretty apparent in swimming, men and women, <laughs> not so much equality. <laughs> for those Holy of you Joe unfamiliar Frazier, with this, and I'm not sure how you could possibly unfamiliar with it, be unfamiliar with this because it's been everywhere. Wow. Uh, the biggest story probably in the history of women's swimming is – Penn swimmer and transgender athlete Leah Thomas, who was not exactly dominant when she was a male swimmer yeah. at uh, Penn. I don't really follow that much of uh, Ivy League swimming. Um, I'm sure it's on television somewhere, but I've never figured out how to bet on it. So I haven't paid it that much attention. <laughs> but I know that Penn is not like Stanford or UCLA or Florida down here or Auburn. They're not exactly a swimming powerhouse. So the fact that when he was a man. He was sort of low tier level at Penn. Leads me to think, as male swimmers go, he wasn't that good. And now he is by and far and away the best women swimmer on the planet. Which makes me think, when it comes to swimming, equity, equality, not so much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this is years after uh, Dr. Richard Raskin became Renee Richards, which uh, seemed to be, uh, you know, somewhat acceptable, much more so than this, because. Uh, uh, this uh, you know woman now has been blowing out uh, all yeah, of the uh, competitors. 
even though you know many of them were like world record holders uh you know uh, this leah is it thomas has become like the you know i mean is beating like katie ledecky by like uh, 20 yards in in a 50 yard race there you go again so makes you wonder how much progress we have really made under title nine when the best women swimmers in the world can't beat a pretty below average male swimmer (laughs) it doesn't sound that equal to me all right, that's one way of looking at it. That's number five, all right? Uh, where and are we going from there, Professor? Of course, again, this week, particularly yesterday, we've had a celebration of all things women in sports. You had the lovely and talented Leslie Visser on. So it's not just been athletes, but also women in the sports media. And we, of course, uh, adore Leslie and, and think she is perfectly deserving to be the first woman in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And there's a lot of great women in sports media out there. But there is one who has not been talked about at all. <laughs> during this celebration and i find it very curious because i would say in terms of on-field media she has the biggest job a woman has ever had in american pro sports and this is uh, another rivalry between uh, the genders which maybe is sexist and maybe it's not particularly fair but that is susan waldman versus quality announcement <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Roger Clemens is in George's box. <laughs> I don't know why Susan Waldman hasn't been discussed at all these last few days. Is it that women are actually also embarrassed about Susan Waldman? I mean, they should be, <laughs> but I would find it to believe, given you know the the usual conversation, I would find it surprising if they are. Look, here's the thing with Susan Waldman: I actually think somebody hired Susan Waldman for that job with the intention of burying all women announcers forever. (laughs) Like, I would argue that having the Yankees' day-to-day job is a much bigger job than Jessica Mendoza on Sunday Night Baseball. And people have a misreaction to Mendoza. She has her fans. She has her detractors. Waldman pretty much universally despised by all. Again, I think even (laughs) women are embarrassed about Susan Waldman. I think this was a plot against female announcers. I think Somebody in the Yankees organization was like, okay, we're going to hire a woman. The biggest job a woman has ever had. Let's hire a woman with the voice of a cartoon character and a a speech impediment that makes it look like she's going to partner with Lou Holtz on a Fox anime series. Why not just get Barbara Walters to do it? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And who, by the way, doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah. Well, and then they paired her with it. Sterling, you know, and which is even Sterling. more amazing. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's get an idiot with Mark Simpson's voice and a speech impediment <laughs> and make that the first woman to have a huge oh on-field announcing job yeah. in Major League Baseball. Who hired her? Steinbrenner? I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past George to, uh, you know, to try to sabotage <laughs> women for the future, yeah. Making sure and, that everybody knew it was a bad idea. Again, I find it very curious in this whole celebration of Title IX I didn't see Susan Waldman anywhere yesterday. I never yeah. heard her announce. Yeah. She might be the yeah. only woman in sports media who didn't get an interview or a celebration. Like, everybody just kept quiet. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Miss <laughs> Susan Waldman. Too. Forget about her. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent number four position uh, there on the big board today. Susan Waldman. <laughs> and we're looking uh, real again at some of these women who are breaking barriers. And this one broke a huge barrier a few years ago when a number of NBA teams uh, expressed interest and giving her a tryout in uh, camp just to see if she could compete because uh, physically uh, she's closer than anybody else has been. Uh, But 
she lost a, a pretty important matchup recently. So continuing our conversation about equality and the battle of the genders in sports, we've got Brittany Griner versus the Russian police. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that picture. <laughs> Uh, low blows, uh, you know, coming right uh, and tip, left here. Number yeah. one tip for Brittany Greider. If you are a six foot nine black woman in Russia, you're not going to be inconspicuous. Don't try to smuggle things. Yeah, you're going to attract attention. There's probably I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's probably no other six foot nine black women in Russia. You are probably the only probably one. True. You're going yeah. to kind of stick out like a sore thumb. Yes. And number yeah. two, what I'm going to say, not just to Brittany Greiner. But to everybody in general, stop trying to bring weed through airports. You can plop me <laughs> in any somewhat civilized place anywhere on the planet, and I can find weed in two hours. Yes, like, right. you could drop me in the middle of a place. You could drop me in the middle of uh, Kiev in the Ukraine where they're actually having a war right now. And I bet I can find three weed dealers on the internet within two hours. <laughs> weed dealers don't even try to hide it anymore. No, they put it on no. Twitter and Facebook. You drive Stop to their homes. Stop trying to sneak weed through airports. It's the dumbest thing ever. And particularly in a country that doesn't like Americans very much. No. So, again, Brittany Griner going to compete with the NBA. Brittany Griner can't even complete, compete with the Russian police dog. How's she going to handle it? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm almost afraid we will continue. Brittany Griner, as we noted last week, white girl with a weed card. Got to be in the entourage going over to Russia. Russian white girl with a weed card. Even better idea. Have somebody meet you at the game. That that would be my theory. Again, anywhere in the world where there's other people, you can find a weed dealer in two hours. Yeah. But why are you trying to sneak it through an airport? And they don't look kindly on this. I mean, uh, just showing the death penalty, I think, yeah. For having no, of a couple course. of uh, weed cartridges, uh, you know, which uh, aren't even that effective anymore. Does anybody really vaporize weed anymore? I don't think so. Yes, I think people do. But, oh, yeah? again, people you're not do. trying to smuggle it through an airport. And, again, particularly when you're a six-foot-nine black woman in Russia. Remember when that first <laughs> became popular? Like you're going to attract curiosity. Remember when you could first start smoking vaporized weed? Uh, yes. It didn't really affect me, uh, you know, like, like uh, other forms of marijuana have. But, uh it, it, you thought you were so cool because you would just light this up in a restaurant, you know. And yep. It was like, whoa, man. Well, we may as well, uh, you know, uh, be, uh, you know, somewhere uh, Default, uh, you know, I've, in, I've, in Holland. I, Default, I've see, personally seen you eat like seven brownies where <laughs> one had everybody else in the room hallucinating <laughs> and not be affected. He's so driving the car. Might not be the right, yeah, dinner. You might not be the right school. <laughs> It was just stuff going to kick in. Meanwhile, you're blasted out of your mind. Yeah. All right. That's number three. Griner versus Russia. And we've had a little fun with it this uh, today uh, and the the rivalries between men and women. But there's one team, a women's team. Everybody knows you can't ridicule. You can't make fun of. They are the greatest women's team in history. And that, of course, is the U.S. women's uh, national soccer team. And I don't know if you saw this, but Megan Rapinoe, who's still sort of like the unofficial mouthpiece yes. for the team came out and had her opinion uh on the the whole transsexual uh participating in, in women's sport and said i'm paraphrasing here uh something to the effect of this is a life and death issue i don't know what study Brittany griner has uh i'm not Brittany griner megan rapino is referring to there that indicates that 
transsexuals are less likely to commit suicide if they were and finished it with and uh your high school uh girls volleyball team isn't that important in the big picture all right i find that a somewhat curious statement from a woman who refuses to acknowledge that the u.s women's national teams not only lost but got demolished by an under 15 boys team oh, geez, during training for their Whoa, last world wow. cup. 15 year olds? That. And, uh, yes, and they not only lost, they lost 5 to 2. Oh, jeez. Wow. They got buried by this team. And of, some of her other teammates have even commented on it and sort of tried to play it off as it's not that serious. We weren't that intense in the match. It wasn't full training. Uh, Mega Rapino refuses to acknowledge it even happened, so, wow. despite the fact that there were a number of press. Is she a Trump supporter uh, also? I, I don't know. <laughs> but yes, what an under-15 team for the FC Dallas, who, by the way, isn't even like a top-tier MLS team. So it's the under-15 team for a sort of middle-tier MLS team. Not only beat the U.S. women's national team, but absolutely demolished them. So again, equality with Title IX, not so much. Yeah, they got their money. I mean, uh, equivalent of the men, but uh, do we even have a men's team in, in soccer? <laughs> yes, do we have a we men's do. national team? Yes, yeah. yes, we, yes, we have a team. Where do they play? And if they, <laughs> they played the women's team, they'd probably win 30 to nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that could be. I mean, uh, they, who was that guy that had the Lexus? I mean, by the way, he, we're he was, terrible uh, at it. He, he was the only guy that anybody knew. Uh, he was on the U.S. men's soccer team. Landon uh, Donovan. Lawless? Uh, yeah, Donovan, Landon Donovan. He ended up in the MLS, right? Uh, Landon yes, Donovan. Yes, he wasn't good yeah. enough to play at Europe. Couldn't play overseas. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he would have kicked the crap out of the women, is what you're saying. Uh, Landon Absolutely. Donovan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. And uh, we had some guy that lived in Florida that was from South Florida, a black guy that was, uh, you know, fairly talented athletically. But oh, never the kid scored. with the Haitian name, and I can't yeah, remember yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm blanking on it. Yeah, he wasn't actually that good either. Altador, was that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Altador, Altador, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was in Europe for like five seconds. He stunk on ice there too. And and who was the redheaded guy that was uh, with the Alexi national Lawless. team when they were good? Yeah, Lalas. He he he's all right. I like that guy. Okay, he, he, he was entertaining. I mean, I if mean, you're going to watch soccer, that, that that was about as entertaining as it got. Watching this guy's red hair flying around like Bill Walton. And that takes us to the number one spot on the big board. Yeah, which of course is the big win for the ladies, and that is Battle <laughs> of the Sexes, won by Billie Jean King, who was in their prime. Yeah. Against a 55-year-old guy who looks like Mike Myers playing Austin Powers. Well, and, and he also was into his bookie for like a quarter million it came out later. And then, here we go. This is a theory uh, as studied on Outside the Lines, uh, where they came up with some pretty compelling evidence that on top of everything else, Bobby Riggs did, in fact, tank the match oh, and yeah. pay off gambling debts to the Tampa mob. Right, right. But we circle it back to Tampa and being a city full of terrible people who deserve to get screwed by referees <laughs> who on top of everything else destroyed the biggest moment in the history of uh, women's sports when Billie Jean King triumphed against an old man who was throwing the match to pay off gambling debts. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, if you watch that match too, I mean, it's painfully slow. I mean, for considering the He's Hunter's not trying. Well, look at Bobby Riggs. He's got bigger breasts than Billie Jean King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he Again, was he awfully happy like when he Howard. lost, wasn't he? I mean, he it's trying. like he got his life back when he lost. He, he couldn't have enough disparaging things to say about women in general. Yeah, he was exactly. pumping this thing up. Uh, a master, I mean, Don King-like promoter, 
And, uh, you know, then when he lost, uh, he, he leaps across the net there uh, into the arms like it was Yogi Berra, you know, jumping up and uh, uh, leaping in the arms of Don Larson. Exactly. Anyway. Anywho. So that is our big, big board point? of celebrating 50 years of Title IX. Yeah. You, you and equality in sports. You set Title IX back 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 51 prior to its existence. Uh, you know, I, I've been saying this because my, my recollection of the early stages of Title IX, uh, I, I was uh, covering high school football in uh, Fontana, California, and, and they, they were deathly afraid that this was going to ruin sports. And uh, I, I don't know that it's, uh, you know, really taken that much away from the men's sports programs. I mean, you, you lost a couple in the beginning on the college level where they had like a boxing team at Syracuse. I mean, I think anybody who's ever had to sit through one of those NCAA tournament women's games will tell you it did indeed damage sports. <laughs> Do we have to issue disclaimers here? Uh, so we can I don't want him changing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, she's a what friend with Waldman. She's friends with Waldman. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not talking about <laughs> like right. one of the final four. Waldman's games. a great opera singer. By she's a, like a legendary right. opera singer, like a Jim Neighbors and, type of thing, and supposed to be very erudite. And well, okay, you her. know, they're friends. I noticed she listed like 14 women's sports announcers yesterday. Yes. One of them was not Susan Waldman. Exactly. That's so Again, funny. It's true. My theory being <laughs> that even women are embarrassed by the performance of Susan Waldman. <laughs> I can't believe it, John. And he they caught it be. at the wall. He caught it at the wall. <laughs> Oh, my God, Roger is in Roger's box. <laughs> what could this mean, John? Uh, I, I mean, honestly. <laughs> There's a home run by. Can't you picture her and Lou Waltz being a, uh, like a cartoon couple on Family Guy? <laughs> New York sports radio in general, man. I, I don't know. Man. It's just classic. That's kind of crazy. That's a Yankees organization, and this is their yeah. broadcast team. Yeah, it's a joke. Right? Again. It was better when Rizzuto was talking about the uh, meatball you know farm he was going to have Josh on the Sterling own. is clearly the strong one of the pair. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. I fly ball. All right. Uh, and the best Ken man. Professor, always a, always a blast, my friend. And, um, you know, you did it again. You carved always. them up pretty good. Every week. Uh, thanks so much for being with us here on the show. You guys have a great one. We'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next right. Ken man. One thing we know the uh, professor is Every a big week, fan of, and, and you can tell. I mean, he's Every a very discriminating guy when you know, it comes to things and tends to, uh, you know, look, look at the, the dark side of stuff. But uh, Jimmy Johnson's big chill, man. Uh, you know, and this is a connoisseur of food also. I mean, right up there, in my opinion, with the Gambling Gourmet, Mike Mayo, a longtime food critic for the Sun Sentinel, who's going to join us here as the Gambling Gourmet in just a few minutes on the show. But uh, Jimmy Johnson's big chill, great place, great food and drink. Tremendous! You talk about a vibe there, an atmosphere. Uh, you know, I have a good friend uh, named uh, Jeff Siegel. All he ever talks about is, "Hey, how's the vibe there?" Of course, he's a throwback hippie that's stuck in a time warp. Uh, you know, going back to Grace Slick. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, that's what it's all about there, because you, you do feel like you've traveled through time somehow, like you were Darren Dalton, and, and uh, found yourself a place in just a perfect utopia. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, right there on the water on the bay side. Fresh fish coming in uh, every day. Uh, they get it off local fishermen and uh, the mahi mahi. I mean, literally, it like almost is still jumping on your plate. Absolutely phenomenal. And the way they uh, prepare their food, Luby, uh, you know, is a very, very uh, strict and discriminating uh, critic of nachos. Oh yeah, for sure. I usually and, want to order most, most nachos blow. I mean, they look great when they bring them out there. It's like cotton candy, right? And then you uh, oh, yeah. get into it for a few minutes, and it's yeah, like, hey, yeah. Uh, could you bring me a bowl of chili to pour on this thing? 
<laughs> I got eight thousand chips. I don't want to exactly. eat and, uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's There's just some chips. sour cream. How about a little thing of sour cream? <laughs> it's just chips. These are loaded, man. I mean, yep. like loaded up, right yep. down to the bottom too. I mean, that's what Jimmy wouldn't have it any other way because he he loves his nachos. Yeah, and and you know, that's just one of a zillion things you can have, including and we have to get mayo down there for that Italian fisherman pizza. Yep. Uh, bottom line is this, man: you can stop at the Mutineer or at one of those uh, gas stations in Florida City and get yourself uh, some sandwich, put it in the microwave, or or make a day of it, and uh, even just a couple of hours, or you just stop in for a quick bite and a drink. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, mile marker 104, the Overseas Highway, and that's in the beautiful city of Key Largo, Florida. All right, we're coming back with the Gambling Gourmet, Mike Mayo, coming up in uh, just a few minutes here on the program. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz, South Florida Live, and uh, we'll be with you till 9 o'clock Eastern time here on the show. Back with more in a moment. Now that. It's time. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet. Now, a lot of people like to bet soccer. You are looking at the Euro. <laughs> I'm a soccer fan. I spent part of my junior year abroad at the London School of Economics and Political Science. How I ended up... It's a little the... sophisticated <laughs> for people that are on our show. <laughs> to be on the School of <laughs> Economics. I'm, my career has taken strange and, yes. and mainly downward turns, but it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very You can live with it. Just be who you are. That's I, am with us. I am living my best life. Burying yourself with this show. betting my worst bets. Buenos dias. The cafecito is piping hot. Why not enjoy it with Defo and Luby? It's now time for the Defo Show.
All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on South Florida Live, and we welcome to the program. Uh, do you detect, uh, Luby, are, are you with me? Uh, is there a little bit of ink going in the hair now of my 56-year-old Mike Mayo? A little bit no, of ink? No, no, he got a haircut. It looks clean. It looks good. What it's do you think, young, just for men? Oh, he Mayo. cut off the, uh, the gray part, I guess. Well, wouldn't that still be in the roots? Because uh, all of a sudden he looks uh, a lot younger than he did uh, just a couple of days ago when I saw him uh, at that uh, you know big announcement and the unveiling of the Best of Delray app, which already is a sensational hit. We welcome to the show uh, the Gambling Gourmet, Mayo. Mike Mayo. Michael, how well, are you, my friend? Good morning, Defoe. Good morning, Luby. It's amazing what a haircut, a bowl of yogurt, and a salad will do. <laughs> very useful. That. Was, was oh, that yeah, Deef. You've been proud. We were at Bubbles and Pearls yesterday. And yes. they had for the lunchbox, which, of course, you can check out right here every day at 12 p.m. So everyone who watches us, should, we're involved there. So stay tuned to that. Um, they asked, actually. It's the first time I've been doing now on-site shows with him for months now. He's never done this. You he you sort of lament him eating on air, yeah. right? They asked, "Do you want anything now? Do you want anything before the show? We can or whip you up something." something. And sure. he was like, "I don't know. Let's wait till after the show." And I almost passed oh. out. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Are we I in another universe? <laughs> goes against every tenet of journalism and uh, especially uh, you know electronic media that I've ever Ever been I know, I know, I know. I've been aware of. In in deference to Nikki Mohan, who is a class act, along with Josie, Chef Josie at Bubbles and Pearls yesterday, I figured yeah. I would spare them the sight of me spewing <laughs> bits of food and particles while I mean, broadcasting. You could have done some but, oyster shots or something. Oh, huh? oh yeah. Oh, I believe me. Later in the day, did you see? I had a blast yesterday. Um, you know, yeah, first of all, we did great. the visit Lauderdale lunchbox with uh, Chef Josie and uh, Marcy. Uh, that's her wife, and they run Bubbles and Pearls and Wilton Manors, and we did our uh, you know weekly visit Lauderdale, everyone under the sun, every dish under the sun segment there. We had, I, you know, I love that place. I gave it a rave review when I was the, uh, you know, critic, the food critic for the Sun Sentinel. Um, back, God, maybe it was like 2017. The place has been open seven years, but um, I hadn't been in there since before the pandemic, and uh, they've spruced the place up. They finally got low top tables in, and that was like my biggest beef. I don't know about you, Defo. Do you like I don't like the high Places my mom, yeah, 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 I get, I get a little wobbly. Uh, you, you know me you know, with the knees. Balance. I mean, they're both shot at this point. Yeah. so uh, I, I don't. So like they actually uncomfortable. No, and God, yeah, God bless Josie, and and because they, you know, actually listened. They said that was one of my biggest things. It wasn't the most comfortable place before, but now they put in these low top tables. And anyway, hadn't seen them in a while. Uh, after the show, they were like, we start talking about oh places, what's new in town, and I was like, oh, have you been to the new Even Keel yet? Because they're friends, you know, a lot of mutual chef friends. And they were like, no, we went to the old place and we didn't love it because it was too big. I said, oh, you got to check it out. And they were like, what are you doing now? They said nothing. We went over to Even Keel yesterday. We had an after nice. party and we were doing oyster shots and we did a dozen <laughs> nice. oysters and we had the usual uh, gambling gourmet feast. And uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. And then I went in with my daughter last night to Bubbles and Pearls and uh, and we had another a very good, a very healthy dinner, too. I mean, again, a. Uh, uh, Marcy is is vegan now completely, and uh, she whips up this new. She has this uh, vegan Caesar salad that she makes oh, yeah. with kale, oh, with cool. kale instead of uh, um, 
you know, the romaine lettuce, and she uses this dress, this this uh, fake shredded cheese that tastes really good. Uh, and uh, she uses some, uh, like uh, instead of anchovies, she uses capers to get a little bit of a saltiness. It was it was good. And then we had like uh, airline chicken. We had another dozen oysters. You're talking about you being afraid of the gout, my friend, in New Orleans. <laughs> yes, my my uh, my wrists and fingers and toes start are gargling with intermethicin, uh, yes. that uh, pill that takes it right away, right yes. away. I've got uh, it it's on better stand than a cortisone on. shot. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, many things happening hmm. in the world. I, I don't know if you got it. Yes. I'm going to call timeout. First of all, timeout. did you get the list? Uh, I sent you the list uh, of I my saw places this, uh, in Orleans. It just kind of came. I, I, I will okay. say this, though. Uh, you with your face with uh, the Acme. Uh, your man. <laughs> I never your man, said Thomas, I hated uh, it. He, made, he, didn't make or, a you know, he didn't make a face. I made a says face. says that Acme is one of his go-to joints. The guy is the king of it's, Cajun cooking. Look, it's classic. Okay, I didn't mean to make a face. I just meant to say it's kind of like you know very touristy and pop. I never said it sucked. It's great. It's been doing what it's been doing a long time. I mean, it's one of those perennials like Joe's Stone Crab, like Tropical Acres. We love all those places. I just yeah. wanted to send you a list and like expand your horizons. Get out of the quarter and go to some of these maybe off the beaten track pa- uh, uh, places. That I sent yeah. you a list. I just texted it to you, and I, we I, can I go over it. it for the fine folks. But the the reason I call time out is because I wanted to just start on a somber note and i don't know how much you know you discussed the death of of tony syracuse yeah. uh, yeah, we got into it uh, yesterday i missed that part of the show and I'm, I, I apologize but you know um mutual friends uh, uh basically i i never met uh tony syracuse outside of you know like a football setting i i interviewed him and when he was in town for the super bowl and then um you know when i was a sports writer but i never saw him in a social setting but Obviously, our friend Joey Esposito at Cafe Seville was was very close friends with him. And, and actually, I think uh, uh, Goose was a, a partner there at Cafe Seville. I, I believe they were roommates at Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. And, in college. Yeah. Okay. And I dropped by yesterday. I, I just wanted to pay a visit to uh, before the restaurant opened. I, I figured maybe Joey would be around. And sure enough, he was. And I was able to, uh, you know, just kind of uh, give him condolences and give him a big hug. Um, got a little bit more of the story. I don't know how much I want to share, but basically, you know, they're doing an autopsy now and that, you know, basically he was just, he was on the couch and his son was there up in New Jersey and his wife was down here. They have two places, one in Jersey and then they have a place in Jupiter and the wife and two of his children were here in Jupiter and, uh, Tony and, and his son were up in New Jersey. And I guess, you know, the, the thinking is that, you know, he, he had a history of heart disease in his family. I think you mentioned this yesterday that his dad died at 48 and, you know, son just, I guess Tony, like me, and he, he, he would just like sleep on the couch a lot. He'd go to sleep, um, you know, watching TV. And uh, his son found, basically went to wake him up in the morning. And, and, wow. and oh, geez, that's how it happened? Oh, God. And uh, that's, um, that's hard to take. And oh, then his wife was down here. Joey arranged for his wife. Uh, they basically got a private jet to, to fly the family up to New Jersey. Um, he said that he was with her for about three hours at Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport while they were waiting for the flight to uh, get going. And, and it was just obviously a very tough scene. And he said that her her phone was just like blowing up with texts and like 800 different texts from people all over the league, uh, you know, uh, owners and coaches and uh, people, broadcasters and just, uh, you know, expressing condolences Um and uh, Joey is obviously broken up, and he's going to be going up there for the funeral, I think, sometime early next week. Uh, but the basically the the 
the nice touch of the story, and this is a horrible story, but is that, uh, you know, Joey and his crew, they just bought two two-year-old uh, horses and yes. they bought a filly and a colt. They named the filly after his wife. I think they were calling it Sally's uh, something or other uh, for his Sally's wife. dream. Yeah, Sally's dream. No, I, I were, bet that horse. Of course, Dito knows. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no, no. Yeah, no, this yeah. is this is no, no. This is a brand new horse. This they're, they're naming it another oh, I Sally. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this uh, it hasn't been. You know, they they're two year olds in training. They haven't raced yet, uh, and uh, the they were looking for a name for the for the colt, and uh, they hadn't come up with one last week. And now he told me they have their name. The horse, the two year old colt, is named Sir Gusa. Nice. And they're hoping that uh, next hoping summer, when he, derby. When, well, that he's going to turn into a runner. He's in the Joe Orsano barn at Gulfstream. And they're hoping their goal is uh, to have him to be a, a decent three-year-old and then have him race and win next summer on the Jersey Shore at Mammoth, which is where uh, oh, Sir oh, yeah, so I mean, a fairy tale story there. That's fantastic. I mean, that's part of the beauty of, of sports in, in its way, uh, also, where uh, you know you wouldn't necessarily make the connection that this was a big deal that uh, Saragusa was bought by somebody that was as close to him as uh, Joey Esposito. And uh, hey, look, I mean, whatever vision and capital uh, Saragusa put into Cafe Seville, he certainly made a, a, a top draft pick there because. No, I mean, one of the best restaurants anywhere in the country, in my opinion. And Joey was telling me, you know, uh, Tony, you know, he was just down a couple of weeks ago. He was in there and had dinner a couple of weeks ago. I think I was in there the night before or something like that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's just there's a big Pittsburgh connection there, too, including our man, Charlie Partridge, who's not a and Marino with with a recruit. Yeah. Yeah. Marino was tight. uh, And Charlie Partridge is in there all the time. It's, uh, you know, he's saying it was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago was uh, Chuck Pagano, the former Colts coach, uh, is down here a lot and comes into Seville. It was at Pagano and. Uh, Goose and Siragusa and and uh, we're in there with Joey and they um, yeah it's a it's a really you know it's a shocking loss and it just makes you realize like live every day like it might be your last. Did and that I prompt know you, you to have the salad that we saw? Yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, not to the be other facetious. <laughs> you know, I do have a cardiologist. I try to get you know. Look, I, it, in my line of work, I eat a lot and I eat too much. I know that. Um, and uh, Joey was telling me that, you know, the goose, he was under 300. He was back at 290. So, you know, obviously the guys carried a lot of weight over yeah. the course of his life. And that's one of the. You, you didn't know if he had a microphone or a sandwich, you know, <laughs> that he was talking into. I mean, uh, you would have thought he just got signed with Serena to do Subway uh, sandwich ads. You know, and by you the way, uh, I think Serena is, is refuting. The whole thing that once you start eating Subway, like like that whole Jared campaign, which unfortunately yeah, you know, ended very tragically for uh, the marketing people at Subway and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a disgusting fashion. But, you know, the whole concept that you could lose weight eating sub sandwiches really seems far fetched to me. I, I mean, it just does. I, I'm sorry. It's a lot of bread. And, uh, and, and Serena is refuting that because since she signed up and started going to Subway, at least in these commercials, She's ballooned up, and as we were saying, <laughs> she looks like the former heavyweight champion James Lights Out Tony <laughs> at this point, which so, I think diminishes her chances of winning even one round at Wimbledon, although she showed some signs of life when she got out there in this doubles uh, event that she was in in Eastbourne. Now, far be it for me to say anything, because I'm the last person in the world who should be no, but you look sh- good. I mean, body yeah, shaming yeah, anybody. Yeah, no, you, you, you uh, look better than you should, shame. Mayo. You really do, considering no, no I mean, exercise look, and the I, amount I, of food. I got to get back on the exercise wagon, because that's obviously a big key is, uh, you know, just getting your, your the Your idea of physical flowing. activity, though, is playing poker. 
which, uh, <laughs> you know, let's face it. I, I got to tell you, that gets the when heart racing I was racing watching sometimes. Sammy Faha, he barely moved uh, for like days it, at a time. It gets the heart racing, that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that heartbeat when you get those pocket aces and you're yeah. all in against three players and you're trying to sweat the straight and the flush. The heart rate goes up to about 140, yeah. so that's like a workout, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you get uh, no, beat I by get... two pair eventually, yeah. you know, which uh, really so, sucks. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, RIP uh, to uh, Tony oh, Syracuse. Yeah, sure. yeah. no, that was a we good story. This. I mean, re- real good. And and we'll root for this horse to do well, obviously, because we like Joey. And, uh, you know, every now and then he'll, he'll tell you, bet Orsino, you'll see Joey. He'll blow by you at the racetrack. Bet Orsino, everything you got. And then the horse will win, pay like uh, thirteen sixty, and, and you're thinking, why didn't I do it? I it's knew like, Joey knew what he was talking it's like, about. It's like you and Luca Panici, except yeah. Joe Orsino actually sometimes wins. So. <laughs> no, no, Luca, man. You Luca can't was on a guard. nice streak. He was I know. On a nice actually, streak. Luca, he did. And the thing is, his ROI, it's great. It's not like betting uh, Irad Ortiz where you're, you know, every below. time he's on, he's on a six kid, to five. Man. Right. No, he's going to be on a 28 to one, a 30 to sure. one. So. All he's got to do is bring in one bomb every month, and you're good. He, he got me out big time uh, in a jackpot that I was in because I had been uh, misled about uh, the source of uh, certain uh, funds that came to uh, get a, a little business project going. And uh, unfortunately, they came from uh, sources that were not really, uh, you know, uh, liking the idea that patience was going to be a virtue in this business. So they wanted their money back right away. And uh, just before they were about to uh, put the order out to either kill me or uh, the polyman, Luca Panici gave me a horse. Now, these guys uh, operated, uh, and may they rest in peace, a a bookie joint in New York uh, out of some bar in Queens, okay, or the Bronx. Uh, You might have even stopped in there in your youth uh, when you were a kid and and made a couple of wagers. But, uh, you know, they they had everything going, so it was easy for them to get uh, action down. And at the last second, uh, my friend calls me and says, bet everything you got on Lucas. So I pass this along. I happen to be on the phone stammering and hammering about why I don't have this guy's money. And I said, you know, you know what? Uh, l- let me uh, let me go here for a second. here. I'll call you back. But, uh, you know, bet everything you got on the six. Right. And he did. And uh, Luca came in. He, he paid like 80 something dollars on that horse. And, uh, you know. That, that bought us like another six months before eventually the pressure was ratcheted up again. And I eventually forked over the cash out of my own pocket. You're going to be plunging today. Do you have time before you, uh, you play, know or? what? It's not looking good for that. Uh, yeah, you know, there okay. are always a few psychotic things in preparation for a trip that, uh, you know, how many bags? Like this is a, a three days. This thing's crazy. This thing's alone. Uh, yeah. Short. Yeah. Yeah. Luke how many bags does Monday. she pack? I mean, this is uh, we, we, we do one check bag because it's actually cheaper to check a bag than it is to take a carry-on bag interesting so the one check bag is more than enough for uh you know for me i mean i, I need nothing and uh so I, i'm gonna throw my stuff in the one bag and that's it but it's only a couple of days and uh mustang has done a, a lot better over the time <laughs> that we've been traveling and living uh, you know together as husband and wife here now uh and, and and we do like to travel both of us do and we really love casino destinations but uh at the beginning she just used to put the wheels on the dresser Right. And we would wheel it right to the airport. And you're like, we're going for the weekend here to the Bahamas. And an an extra extra bag for the hair blower, the dryer. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're schlepping all kinds of stuff where, uh, you know, they question everything that you're carrying. Yeah. And then the medicine cabinet, all the toiletries and everything. Right. Yeah. And and none of it fits in that little bin on the Spirit Airlines thing where you can't even fit your wallet in there. So. So naturally, right at the gate, you're getting whacked for like 400 yeah, yeah. and the bag. Remember, they, they weighed the bags and it was like over 50 pounds. And, yeah. You know, when we're coming in, we could have had two dead bodies, uh, you know, dissected. <laughs> <in these suitcases. laughs> 
And, uh, you know, because it ended up weighing like like 140 pounds, this bag. I mean, just ridiculous. But not much better, I would have to say. Good for so are we going to talk New Orleans food or yeah. do you have anything else on your list about like how the uh, lightning got ripped off and jobbed and how uh, oh, no, the NBA they got draft hosed, betters? They got hosed. Here's the moral of the story, kids. Yeah. Don't bet on sports because you'll always get uh, <laughs> the end. Yeah, that's it. You and know, you're talking and, to the, you know, the and, wrong crowd here. If you're, if you're betting on NBA draft pick order, you <laughs> Might you are a sick degenerate, problem, and that's exactly that's who, who we want. About. Hello. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's our Thank audience. you, FanDuel, for your patronage. All right. I like, um, yeah. yeah, man. Anything where there's human manipulation right, so, so, or deception is just bad. I like the horses because that's so pure. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah of course. Yeah, it's on the level. Sure. And there's no Saudi money in that either, right, Mr. No, uh, yeah, exactly. Wiggy Ramos. Wiggy Ramos has been taking all the blood money for years. And, uh, yep, yep. He's and doing pretty man, well. Uh, Well-respected over there, right? He's even yeah. wearing one of those. He's their top jock in Saudi Arabia. On his head, yeah. Wiggy uh, Ramos used to be huge at Gulf Strings. So. All right, all right. So, so where is Mr. Sophistication, Mr. Gourmet, Mr. Food Critic? Mr. Where, where is your, what is your, you know, company. first stop? I mean, when you're thinking about, you know, what, what is your first thought about an approach to New Orleans? What are you doing first on the first day? Where are you going? By choice. Uh, that's a great question. It depends. Uh, well, you know what? I sent you my list and my list includes a lot of perennials. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I'm not totally averse to, uh, uh, touristy places. Cause I did, I do like mothers for breakfast before the lines show up. I All do right. like, I do like hitting one, either Acme or Felix's across the street for a couple of oysters. Oh, good. Beer. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be in the quarter. Uh, I do love going to Cafe Du Monde for a little bit of the beignets and uh, yeah, I could live without that. Honestly. I like well, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the line sucks, but it's, overrated. It's yeah, yeah, overrated. It, the like whole key to life, yeah. especially in New Orleans, is you zig when others are zagging. Yeah, yeah, there's usually a line at Cafe Light like in the afternoons or evenings. But if you go like really late or really early, then you breakfast. could avoid it. And I um, never buy anything at that like farmers market thing that's right there or whatever that yeah. is. It's not a farmers market; it's like and, a flea market. And one of those never. places. Uh, yeah, no, never. One of those things. <laughs> Not like, even a hat. And, and you don't even think of it as Creole Cajun food. Um, but there's a place called Porta Call. It's like on the far edge of the quarter. Uh, like on the other side, not towards where you're staying on Harris, but when you go on the other side to yeah. kind of more of the, uh, the kind of real neighborhoods there. Um, and I forget the name. It's on Esplanade. That's the name of the street. Esplanade runs right up into the fairgrounds racetrack. So you should be familiar with oh, that yeah. street. Uh, you know what? I, yeah. I, I've gone to the fairgrounds almost every time I've been in New Orleans, you know, for at least uh, some simulcasting. Because I, I get the shakes if I don't bet the horses yeah. while I'm gambling uh, so, you know, at some point. But I, I, I never realized how I got there. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> That's one of those things. When you're in New Orleans, you yeah. like you never pay attention. I have to no idea the how they got there. Yeah. And I never take ubers or lifts in new orleans because i love the new orleans cabbies i find them like yeah, yeah, yeah they have cool. great stories they have great information and they'll uh sometimes just deposit you at a place that you didn't even ask for but they'll say hey go check this place out and you just like have yourself a blast it's usually one of these great mu music clubs like the yeah. maple leaf or something like that all right so even though it's not new orleans cajun food but a pl this place called Call, which is on the esplanade and it's right around the corner from the end of bourbon street practically they're known for their like bloody mary's and burgers, and they serve the burgers with a loaded baked potato in front of instead of French fries. 
And my source in New York, uh, in New Orleans, says it's kind of gone downhill. It's been there a long time. Oh, yeah. But I, I love the joint. I love always stopping in there. And it, it, sometimes it's my first stop. I get a Bloody Mary and a burger. Uh, All right, and that wouldn't be my move, though. I mean, I'm going okay. for some some kind of, uh, you know, like uh, New Orleans fare. Gumbo. Like, uh, well, yeah. no, I mean, oysters, oysters uh, you know, red beans and rice, boy. anything. Etouffee. Yeah. Okay. Etouffee. Uh, you know, uh, some kind of dish, yeah. Yes. Yeah, What's so, the place the other gumbo. day yeah, you know, I like Mr. B's, you know, along Jambalaya, that whole, along yeah, that whole Canal yeah. Street area. Um, there's that, you know, Mr. B's, which is Mr. part B's, of the whole yes. Brennan okay. factory. You know, the uh, the Brennan family owns all these great joints there, including Commander's Palace. But that's, you know, fancy dinner place um, for, uh, you know, I gave you. Well, my would you go high end? I mean, uh, my, my son's wife, Kelly, uh, she, she's a high end restaurant. Person. I'd go high and low. And if she's never been there, go to Commander's she, she Palace. She likes the five star, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Commander's Palace, for those who have never been to New Orleans, is like a quintessential. Like, you got to go there one time. So I would I didn't put it on my list. But I, I think uh, for first timers who like that high end experience, you know, and then there's the old ones in the quarter that are classic, the Galatoires and the Antoines. Uh, but Commander's Palace is an old house. Commander's Palace. All right. Commander's Palace. I'll send you that one, too. Uh, my spot, though, is uh, two of them, which are also upscale. Not upscale. I mean, it. you could. You don't have to get super fancy. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like fine dining. They have white linen tablecloths. One of them is called Brightson's. And that our man, Joe Cassell, uh, good friends with Frank Brightson, who's been a longtime chef. And it's in a he house. knows his way around that town. Is yeah. And it's yeah. again, that's out on the outer edge. Like, like they call it like the uh, I guess Riverbend area where you go all the way out um, uh, along the uh, where that St. Charles Street car goes and then it makes a turn. Uh, so Frank Brightson has had a house there where he's run a restaurant and it's really good food. And I would recommend that. Uh, And then the other place is called Clancy's and that's like really kind of a locals joint, but it also has excellent food. Uh, and they have a great wine list, great cocktails, um, if you, uh, basically, you know, it's, it's tough to get on, on the weekends because it's just such a, you know, popular local spot that's been around a while and they have their specialty is something called oysters and brie. It's Ooh. kind of like wow. a grilled go. oyster that they top with a little slice of brie cheese and it melts and you say, huh, that doesn't sound like anything much. And they, I think they put a splash of like perno and some lemon. It is like one of the, that's, that's one of their signature dis- dishes. And it's like one of the things that when I go to New Orleans, I always always have to go into Clancy's and get myself some oysters and brie. And then they have a full menu with like all kinds of veal. And then some of your classic, uh, you know, redfish uh, dishes, you know, it's not like the jambalaya red beans and rice kind of. Joint, oh yeah. But, yeah. But uh, no, no, yeah. that's, that's good. I mean, uh, I like, uh, you know, if a redfish uh, piece is done well, yeah. I mean, it's cooked, really good, uh, you know, in, in some kind of creative way, it's always great. Yeah. So and then, uh, you know, my oyster joint is also has barbecue shrimp and it's an Italian restaurant, too. And they do this thing called spaghetti with green onions. It's one of their signature dishes. And that's Pascal's Manali. Uh, also, you, like, you're strong they, in that place, man. You put it on every one I, of your list. I spent a day there. Uh, like I had like the lunch of my dreams. It was like the restaurant was empty. The owner, third generation owner, a guy named Mark De Felice, me and him were just sitting around the bar talking about how the restaurant world has changed and how these kids, they all want to just become stars on Food Network, but nobody actually wants to put in the work in the kitchen. And But, you know, I had a bowl of turtle soup. There's very few restaurants that serve proper turtle soup anymore. It skeeves some people out. The pita people go crazy, but it's an old-time New Orleans delicacy. I had a bunch of oysters on the half shell. I had some barbecue shrimp. 
uh, and I had he opened up a bottle of wine, and we just split a bottle of wine, and we talked all afternoon. So I've always got a fond spot in my heart for Pascal's Manali. It's a, a place that uh, is uh, old school New Orleans. They almost got wiped out in Hurricane Katrina. They had floodwaters halfway up the wall, but they were able to restore and rebuild, and that's the whole beauty of New Orleans also. They are resilient people. Uh, one of my favorite places. Well, I'm hoping I don't end up shoving a uh, beignet up the ass of my casino host after getting buried <laughs> at Harris, because <laughs> the food scene is good there. But uh, you would hate to waste something, uh, you know, that uh, was that tasty in that fashion. Uh, all right, gambling on me. Well, we'll see you on the lunchbox today. In a few hours, uh, sir. That's uh, good advice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll talk more New Orleans this because uh, now we got you know we're not out in remote. We could talk about other cities today. We'll talk about other things. Uh, you and, know, uh, it's a place that uh, many people are familiar with. Uh, you know, people that haven't been, you know, usually say, hey, yeah, I'd love to go there just to try the food. And uh, I don't think the food scene there disappoints, uh, you know, at all. I, you know, you can pretty much go in any joint. There's a place I, I like called the Oceana Grill. And, uh, you know, they don't necessarily do the grilled oysters, but uh, they have so many other dishes that are great. That, um, you know, we'll probably stop in there at some point. You can't go wrong. And everybody has their little spots and places they've been. And I tell you what, New Orleans now, it's like a perfect weekend getaway place. And to me, sure. it's less aggravation and less hassle to get there now than trying to drive down to Key West uh, some of these weekends. So, uh, yeah, why not? A couple hour flight. Uh, you get an hour earlier time change. So even though we're flying out at night, we're, we're still there with uh, plenty of time to, uh, you know, have to uh, wait for the ATM machine to open back up again for us at midnight. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could join you, but uh, yeah. you know, my man Dickstein, he's just a slave driver. I got to keep working on. That uh, put this on your list, man. The da da dates. I think you really have to. Try right, I'm going to check now. it out. The da da dates are what they're cranked up to be. I mean, absolutely delicious, fantastic, uh, a taste sensation with many different flavors. All right, uh, thanks, Michael. Always a pleasure, my friend, for joining have us a on blast. this uh, we'll Tuesday. Friday. All right, uh, we have other things going. Uh, Luby and I are going to be doing a little After Hours with Len Robbins, our special yes. guest today. Catch that on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. And uh, then, uh, of course, you can find us on Five Reasons. And uh, what are the other places? We want, we need people to spread the word. Yes, spread uh, the word. Spread the word. Check us out it, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at SoFlyLive underscore. And our Facebook, the South Florida Live page. And our YouTube, please, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe South Florida Live on YouTube. All right, and uh, you too, Julian. Have a great weekend. I like this guy. Well, we love He's you always uh, putting positive messages up there for us, so uh, it's always very encouraging. And you're welcome to go ahead and chime in on our message board as well uh, on future shows. Uh, I won't be with you on Monday. Luby's going to carry the load there, and uh, that, that'll be a lot of fun. And then I'll be back on Tuesday uh, from New Orleans, no doubt, with some uh, stories. Hopefully, you have a big score on Dream Card. Let's do it. Dream card. This is a wacko game that is only featured. I've never seen it in any other casino. But the and, and they might have wheeled these machines out of there by now in uh, Harris in uh, New Orleans. But that's the only place I've seen it where you know you, you every now and then a, a very kind of sensual female voice comes on and goes, "Dream card." <laughs> and that means you're going to get the best possible card to exactly. complete your hand, no matter what it is. You got two threes, you're getting a third three. You have ace, king, queen, jack of uh, hearts. Boom. You're getting the 10, and you're, you're making some money then. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you again uh, later on on, on Believe Network. o'clock and right here. check us out. Catch Luby on Monday. Don't uh, neglect my man Luby. Uh, you know, I'll when he here. goes it alone, man, he's really a pioneering force <laughs> in the sports talk <laughs> <That's> world. <me. laughs>
I have some games for you, and he wants you to bet, and uh, no uh, doubt some some exciting hot takes on a lot of we'll different get topics. The Greek. Maybe the Greek, including the, including the Heat draft. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, until next time, thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. Thanks to Hylia Park, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, all our fine sponsors here on the show, and uh, we'll say uh, have a great weekend as we leave you know that. The time. It's nine oh two. Let's go to eat. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.